0: It was absolutely horrifying. Most horrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. Cause, you know, coming from my background mm-hmm. and having to be strong and independent my whole life, and I've always found a way. I've yeah. always been able to find a way to push past something. And I'm laying in this bed and they're telling me that no you're never going to have your leg. We're going to cut it off and your life will never be the same. Your life is, you know, you need to start planning a new life. And I was just like, no, (laughs) no, I just, I couldn't actually, I really couldn't take my mind to where they wanted me to take it. Right. Um, However, the fact that I've been so independent my whole life, and now I'm not going to be that independent person anymore. And I would have to rely on people. I would have to ask for help. Um, that was a really set, huge setback. But again, having the mindset of absolutely no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not settling for what you're telling me. Um, I think that's really what pushed me to where I, you know, to and push the doctors. <laughs>
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. We are back for another interview show, and I am extremely excited with the guest that I have here today. This lady is an absolutely incredible woman. She is a mother to four and a grandchildren, a grandmother to five, I believe. She's had great success up in the oil patch before a devastating motor bike accident actually shook up her world a little bit. So however, this fierce lady took this situation and used it to find another opportunity and boy did she find an opportunity she absolutely turned this unfortunate situation on its head now with some strong intuition on her side she turned three figures into seven figures in 365 days if I'm not mistaken now this takes incredible discipline and some absolutely amazing mental fortitude so she's now helping others develop and grow their mindset Um, which is exactly what our goal is here. And it's completely along the lines of the Success Shift show. So she has about 17 years of experience on this subject, and I can't wait to pick your brain a little bit here. So thank you so much for joining us. So without any further ado, Sherry Locke, thank you so much for coming. How are you doing today?
0: I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited
1: you know it's it's a great opportunity i'm forever grateful for people like yourself sharing their time sharing their knowledge and giving back to people like myself and everyone listening Um, on this show we often find gratitude because i truly believe gratitude morning and night can change your life so today i'm very grateful for you um, for giving us your time i'm also very grateful for the uh introduction of electric breakers as i was telling you before we had a little electrical fire in the kitchen which caused some mayhem in my world but luckily everything's safe it wasn't too bad and uh, everyone's happy and smiling and i'm extremely grateful for little things like water fresh water coming out of the tap i've been extremely thirsty today and been hydrating heaps so those are a few things i'm grateful for do you want to share anything that you've got some gratitude for
0: well i'm very grateful that uh, to have this opportunity um i'm not as much of a water drinker as you i Enjoy my coffee.
1: <laughs> still morning for you, so that's fair.
0: <laughs> it's still morning here. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, really, really grateful for all the opportunities that have came my way. Honestly, like um, as much as my of my accident of being, you know, literally put me on my butt, not being able to do much, mm-hmm. um, it's really opened the door to so many different opportunities and and forced me to learn a lot more about myself and how disciplined I really was and be able to put myself where I am today so nice
1: that's lovely it's great finding silver linings in some of those situations so we'll actually yeah. jump right in and we'll get to your accent soon but before we get to that part why don't you tell me a little bit about young Sherry um, I know you shared with me earlier that she kind of started in the world pretty early um but tell us a little bit about young Sherry. what did you want to do what were your dreams aspirations because I think most traders didn't grow up in the days of seven eight nine year old going you know what when I grow up I want to be a successful trader so tell us a bit about your story
0: isn't that the truth hey though no I had uh, no desire to even look at a chart my whole life um <laughs> so going back to the the young sherry I left home when I was 11 years old due wow. to um um abuse and uh a lot of family conflict and uh, a lot of fear mm-hmm. so I got I hit the streets actually oh, wow. and I got into some crazy um I don't even know like I I so my very first year on the streets but probably about nine months of it I lived on on like totally on the streets I slept on park benches and and uh things like that but I had believe it or not I had a um an amazing biker family <laughs>
2: Well,
0: yeah, nice. uh, they took me in, and um, it was they're they're very they discipline me like they 100% discipline me like I mean to the point I'm like 11 years old, you know you start sh- on the streets you just kind of grow up really fast so, so really was 11 years old but I was already like 15 or 18 you know what I mean living that yeah. life in right. yeah. survival mode so um, this family actually like I said, the discipline, I wasn't allowed to have boyfriends. I wasn't allowed <laughs> um to get too crazy out of control. They really, they really held the reins on me. And you know, I am forever, forever grateful for that, for what they've done to me, for me. Wow. And um, you know, but again, like I I had no direction other than that life. Yeah. So throughout my whole life, I um I continued to no, I just I always knew that I was different. Yeah. I always felt that I don't fit in over here and I don't fit in over there and I just have my own little space that those worlds just don't make sense to me.
1: You can relate I just, a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just literally kept going forward with my life. And um I didn't know ever, you know. So then um I got married at um 19 years old. Yep. And I ended up with four children. Nice. My last child I had when I was 25 years old. So I had all my kids, boom, 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 really fast. And um, even then I was still like, I was my focus my whole life on being a good mom and, you know, mm-hmm. making sure I think if everybody um, when they have trauma in their life, they'll make sure that their kids aren't going to go through that same trauma. So you kind of do yeah. the reverse, right? Yeah. Um, so I was married for 13 years, then all of a sudden I had a pretty um a horrible divorce. And then Sorry my him? kids completely um well obviously it destroyed my kids. And you know, my kids were in counseling, I was in counseling, they were in, um everything. Like they started to get out of control. um To be honest, my daughter was selling drugs at 12 years old and that was something that I was like, whoa. So it was actually but but being a the a mom shock. that me, yeah. yeah. But being the mom that came from that background I actually was able to like spin it really fast.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I I showed her, I explained it to her, and I let her know like where this life is going to lead her if she keeps going down that path. And so I guess my mindset work really started when I was 11. Yeah. So I had to learn at a very young age how to be strong-minded and be be able to control situations and my mind so it didn't take me back to those bad abusive situations. So so anyway, um it got to the point where my my I sat my kids down and I said, okay, we're gonna be going through all these crazy things with all the changes going on. They had no idea what I was even talking about, right? Because they're course, just kids yeah. they definitely you don't know that age. And, yeah. So I said, okay, this is what we're gonna do we're going to all sit down. We're going to have this meeting and you guys are going to tell me what you need to do in order to like help each other and help like, you know, protect each other, help each other. And they came up with the thing. Um, It was actually really funny. And I was was actually really surprised. So how about, they said, how about mom, you, every time that we know that somebody's doing something bad or somebody is, you know, you know, going the wrong way. If we tell you and give you that information, we get an allowance. Okay. I was like, you know what? Sure. Sure. (laughs) All right. So at one point in, like I lived in a really small town right So outside of Grand Prairie called Claremont, Claremont, Alberta. And Mm -hmm. I had all the kids in Claremont at my house all the time. So the kids made this agreement with me, but then on top of that, all the other kids in in the town, it's a little hamlet actually, they also jumped on board.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> thing,
0: right. So now I have this whole community of kids that, you know, we will tell you what's going on with all the kids. So I kind of became the mom of Claremont. <laughs> the became.
1: community mom.
0: Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was fabulous because whenever something was going wrong or, you know, something bad was happening in a family or something bad was happening with a kid or the, you know, the, you know, the the child decided to take a, a turn or whatever, because it was literally like from six-year-olds to teenagers. Yeah. And so anyway, these kids would come to me and they would tattle on each other <laughs> constantly, constantly, but it wasn't in a, in a way that, you know, they're, they're tattling to get the person in trouble. They're, tatt- they're actually tattling To help them, and they knew that from the beginning.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
0: so really lovely. Yeah, so we ended up having lots of little block parties for the kids. Nice. Because you know, we had trampoline parties, we had water parties, like little. We made our own little like slip and slides and water parks in the backyard, and you know we'd go to the big park and but we did all these kind of events in order to help the kids, right? So anyway. Um yeah so that's kind of where my journey started like putting it out there to other people is working with kids and and nice. um cool. which which in in turn turned me to you know doing programs for child psychology and things like that to understand children more because I didn't even understand myself at that age yeah I,
1: it's a the tough thing you know I don't know about you, but as I go down this journey of mindset and trying to teach people every now and again, I have these moments of like that imposter syndrome, like I'm still learning myself. So why should I be teaching people? But I I then come back to the concept of like, all I need to do is put one hand up and one hand down. If I can learn one lesson and pull one person up at the same time, then I think that's the, the way the chain of link goes. So it's super interesting to hear, you know, what you said you were 25 or something when you had your last kids so you put it probably would have been in your 30s or something when you've had this community of uh, of children running around and teaching them in taking them in being a mentor to all these people and really just helping guide and and group people together and bringing that sort of trust in which is really really lovely and I think when you're teaching people especially moral or mindset or anything like that to have that trust is, is super important so if you've gained that quite quickly and early and then you've been doing that what for 17 years I think you said you've had um, in the mindset game so it's really really cool to see that it starts off you know helping the really young ones and then learning continuing to learn yourself but also as you grow in your mindset and your development and personal journey that you can bring that up through through the ages so that's really lovely to hear um started yeah. off strong then hey <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it was uh it was a tough go at the beginning for sure and um but, but yeah. you know like going to the talking about these kids and and my kids and and all the kids that i took in to this day on mother's day i still get i would That's say right, probably nice. from at least a dozen of them where they they'll send me a happy mother's day or a, a card or a message on facebook oh it wow says, and but, on top of it all my kids and them are still all very close
1: ah oh, so they have kind of got like I, an extended family through through the whole thing yeah. extra brothers and sisters
0: yeah, that's yeah, so it's, good. It's I love amazing. family.
1: I mean, yeah. I, my mom was one of six, and I've got like 30 cousins or something back in Australia. Um, and so when you do grow up with, you know, it's not just your brothers and sisters, but you go over to a cousin's house, or, you know, the family get together, and there's 30 people there, and you you can bounce off people in different areas. And, you know, it's really nice to have that big kind of community. I love the idea of a, a like a community based living. Um, and so I think, you know, for your kids having that extra opportunity for added friends and added, added brothers and sisters, shall we say, uh, that mm-hmm. really helps grow and develop. And you learn a lot, um, fast, I think when you have that big community, Absolutely.
2: so
1: the creator yeah. of the community, it's awesome.
2: Yeah.
3: And now you're doing
1: it again, you're creating a community yeah. of people in the mindset. So we'll get into the, the business stuff that you're going on to in a bit, but so you, you went for that for a while and then you got into the oil patch. How long were you in the oil patch for?
0: Um, just about 16 years
1: 16 years in the oil patch and then August 2020 I believe it was you had a pretty bad accident do you want to tell us about that and how that left you feeling
0: (laughs) yeah August of 2020 um so I'm going to just back up to 2015 of course because 2015 I was coming home from work it was Mm -hmm. late probably 9 10 o'clock at night and it was freezing rain here in Alberta and Um, anybody who knows anything about the roads in Alberta when it's freezing rain it's it's almost impossible to drive black ice roads and yeah black ice everything like that for sure so I was driving home and we all just left um not all of us but the 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 managers and senior staff we all just left the the site and this accident another accident happened there was a there was a, a vehicle parked stopped that Right in the middle of the road because mm-hmm. when it's really icy. You can't pull over. Oh, true. You'll you'll slide right into the ditch, right? So they stopped right in the middle of the road, but they didn't. They had mud on their on their lights, so we didn't see them. So oh, no. all of us hit this vehicle. I was and I was the last of seven. Wow. Um, so I had a brand new truck, a brand new one ton truck actually. My airbags didn't go off. My my. Um, seatbelt didn't didn't hold me back nothing so I ended up window and breaking my neck
1: breaking your neck but
0: I didn't know I broke my neck I just thought I didn't even go to the hospital nothing I just thought oh I'm just stiff and sore so I actually went right back to work the next day and I finished the job it was like I think six or seven months later and the job was done. And then, you know, had that time to wind down and your body, you know, like the tension's gone. And all of a sudden I was out for dinner with, with my crew and my head kind of fell to the side. And I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. So I went to the hospital that night and that's when I was told that um, I had a broken neck.
1: Wow. Do you know where, where you broke it? Exactly.
0: Um, so it was my four, five and six.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. And then.
0: By the time, so by the time I had my surgery, four and a half years later, because that was our medical system at the time. um, That's four and a half. Seven and my T1 were herniated.
2: Oh, ouch.
0: That's not a good sign. No. So I was starting to go paralyzed on my right side by the time I had surgery. So, but I had my surgery April 29th of 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went back to I was back working in the oil patch by September 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then August the next year, I had my motorcycle accident, which led me to um, I had a broken arm, broken Mm -hmm. wrist, broken arm, and um completely and utterly destroyed lower leg, left leg to the point that it took them three days to decide if they were actually even going to do surgery because they wanted to amputate.
1: Oh, wow. So that would have been yeah. a trialing time for you, just waiting for that yeah. call.
0: Yes, yes. Well, and I was in the hospital the whole time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I was in the hospital. I had three surgeons that come in to uh, to tell me. They just kept telling me, no, like, we need to cut it off. We need to cut it off. And I'm, I'm like, no, not a chance. And I just absolutely would not let them so yep. three days later i the one surgeon he come in he's like okay sherry he's like i'm gonna try this we got this new product i'm gonna try this he's like but i'm just you need to be aware it's a 60 40 chance that you're still gonna lose your leg yep i said okay. i said at least you're gonna try so at least you're gonna try like right and that's all at least you're knew. giving
1: it a go right let's try before you quit at least try yeah. something before giving up what's going through your head at that point i mean you know you've been in this car this motorbike accident you you're legs absolutely destroyed and then you're laying in bed for three days with surgeons deciding you know i'm gonna will we cut it off will we not surely that gives you a lot of time to think when you're laying in a hospital bed for three days straight and you've got this like what am i going to do without my leg where's your head at in that situation because that must be a tough place to be mentally
0: it was absolutely horrifying it was horrifying thing i've ever experienced in my life um because you know coming from my background and mm-hmm. having Strong and independent, my whole life, and I've always found a way. I've always been able to find a way to push past something. And I'm laying in this bed, and they're telling me that, no, you're never going to have your leg. We're going to cut it off, and your knife, your life will never be the same. Your life is, you know, you need to start planning a new life. And I was just like, no, no, I I refuse. no. (laughs) No, I just, I couldn't actually. I really couldn't take my mind to where they wanted me to take it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, However, the fact that I've been so independent my whole life, and now I'm not going to be that independent person anymore, and I would have to rely on people, I would have to ask for help, um, that was a really huge setback. But again, having the mindset of absolutely no, (laughs) I'm not settling for what you're telling me, um, I think that's really what pushed me to where I, you know, to and push the doctors because yeah. I refused, I absolutely refused to accept their answers. And that's,
1: that's good. I like that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm really thankful that mm-hmm. I did have all the pain meds that I did have because um I snapped what what ended up happening, I snapped my leg sideways three times.
1: <laughs> Man, that sounds so, so rough
0: yeah so you can just imagine that type of pain yeah. um like my my knee was probably five times um five times larger than it was supposed to be and my it wasn't even my knee that was broke it was below my knee
1: I ride motorbikes so this is making me like so cringe
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I understand <laughs> so so just you know having that not a chance mindset yeah. and you know, like I didn't realize how strong it was and how much it affected my surgeon as well.
1: I think that's amazing. and It's like that warrior sort of mindset. And there's lots of, I don't want to say research and it's not, you know, I don't want any doctors to come at me, but lots of stuff saying that, you know, that mindset and there's people who are on, you know, death, not death row, but they're really like stra- holding on for dear life or, you know, people like yourself who are at this cut point basically that the mindset and the attitude they have towards their success or their recovery or how they're going to break through it like has a lot of effect like even physiological changes and aspects to how they recover I mean Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this kind of stuff a lot and I find him super fascinating but just to hear you say that you know the doctors wanted to cut off but you were just like no I can do this and I'm going to make it through to such an extent that the doctors even were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll find a solution. Then, then they went and found something that said, look, we haven't really tried this it's new, but we will try because you're so bloody determined. You know, that just yeah. shows that that grit. And I think I often say that the, the number one key to success is grit and just the, the resilience and the ability to keep getting up over and over again. And, you know, if you've got doctors saying we're going to cut off your leg and you're saying, no, just try something, just, just give me a chance. Like I've got this. Then now you, now you hear walking, talking and laughing about it. You know, it's, It's pretty impressive, I think, and it goes to show how much the mind can can do for you.
0: The mind is a very powerful thing, and if you if you know and understand it, you can Mm -hmm. heal anything. Yeah, I love that. Just just that story alone, like it gets better. It really gets better. So I go into surgery, and he puts this big eighteen inch plate in my leg. Okay, that's big. The, The biggest plate that he could find because I needed he needed to rebuild. So um, from my knee and about three quarters of the way down my leg is plaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm to this like if i if I break it or hurt it again, I will lose my leg. That's the unfortunate part about about what what he's done. However, yeah. um, he goes in and he puts this big eighteen inch plate in my leg and I come out of surgery. and of course, you know, i I had to sign the paper before going into surgery saying i I agree to if they need to um remove my leg that uh they would do that mm-hmm. and I, was, I did not want to sign that paper but of course because he was willing to try i just knew i'm going to be okay yeah right i'll sign it because i
1: won't need this yeah
0: yeah so so then you know i get out of i get out of surgery and of course i'm like in another
1: world
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but i get out of surgery and the first thing i do is wiggle my toes wow and he says I said, I can feel my toes. And the, the surgeon's right there with me. He's like, well, Sherry, he's like, yes, your leg is still there. But I'm going to tell you, if you would have lost your leg, you still would have been able to wiggle your toes. You would have felt like you're wiggling your toes because that's just your mind. Yeah. How it connects, right. So I was like, okay. I said, so you're telling me my leg is there then? And he's like, yes, yes, we, we saved your leg. And I'm like, oh, fabulous. Perfect. So of course, I'm still completely out of it. And I said to him, I said, it's okay, so when can I start walking? Like, nice he's like, Sherry you've been in your room for 15 minutes just I don't hours. care when
1: can I walk
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so I, that's and I said I said I understand that but I said I need to know what what time frame you're giving me to um like how long is it going to take me to get back on my feet and he said he's like you're going to be at least two years before you walk and I went
2: no. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you <I> think <Yeah>.
0: Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So I got out of the hospital and that was, I had my surgery. So I went into the hospital on Wednesday, had my surgery on a Saturday, and I was back to work the following Wednesday.
1: What? Back to work on Wednesday. That was not even a week.
0: No, not even a week since my accident. Yeah, it was crazy. Or since oh, my surgery.
1: That is yeah. real, real resilience there. That's impressive. And so I'm assuming you weren't running marathons at work. Um, So how was it at work? I mean, the oil patch isn't like a, it's not like an office job. It's not like you sat down and just rolled into the office. The oil patch is pretty hard, hard out. So how did you go with
0: that? Well, I'm a, I'm a uh, weld inspector by trade. Mm -hmm. So I have a, my job uh, requires a lot of hands-on, a lot of field work, a lot of yard work, material, you know, um, luckily I had, before my accident I I had trained a couple staff to Mm -hmm. help you because we had quite a few we had 13 projects on the go actually and um so I was very busy but I went to work in my wheelchair and you know I I I tried to do all the inside stuff the best that I could and have them do majority of the outside stuff but it was getting so frustrating because um I just couldn't do my job and mentally I do, I can't do anything. Right. So, um, and it seemed like more and more jobs were coming in. So I'd have to kick off new jobs and try and finish these other jobs and train these people and keep training them and get them running the jobs that, that I normally did. So it was very, it was probably the most frustrating. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely the most frustrating experience I ever had because I literally went from being the most independent person I know yeah. to relying on other people, you know, and to the point where, I mean, I couldn't bath myself. I couldn't cook for myself. Um, I couldn't, I, I figured it out, but at the beginning I couldn't even drive myself mm-hmm. because I couldn't get into my vehicle. Um, I, flo- I flew my, uh, family member from Calgary, uh, to where I was working to to come and cook and clean and take care of me. While, and so it got to the point where he was driving me to work. It was perfect. And then he was only there for a couple of weeks just to help me get a system. Yeah, But um, yeah, like I had to get in my vehicle with my elbows, like pull myself up with my elbows mm-hmm. and then slide myself in. And oh yeah, it was, it was the most horrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life.
1: That's intense. And so something that a lot of people probably can't even comprehend. And I hope not many other people have to experience because it must've been tough. But for those like you who have, I'm sure that, you know, it changes you forever. Um, but more so than in a physical way, because it looks like, you know, you've recovered quite quickly. And I will get to how, how long or to back on your feet. But in a mental way, in like the what you can learn about yourself and what you can achieve and what you can accomplish in that recovery and, you know, the fact that you probably had to relearn how to do half the stuff during that period. Um, but yet now looking back, I'm sure you're probably quite proud of the fact you could. So now that you're, first of all, how long was it till you were back on your feet? And second of all, what was some of the biggest takeaways you've got from this experience on like mentally and ha- like your own ability kind of thing? Well, there's,
0: there's, there's many, 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 many. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of awakenings because I was, I struggled so much. So during this time as well, I, I never, I never mentioned this before. So I was married Mm -hmm. and my husband during this time decided to go on drugs. He got addicted to drugs. So on top of all of that, I was also dealing with active addiction And he, I don't know if you know anything about addiction, but they don't care about nothing. Yeah. Nothing except for getting high. So anyway, I ended up eliminating that out of my house, but only because, not only because, but um, for the biggest reason, because um, he was also starting to threaten my life. Mm -hmm. And starting to, to sell off all of our stuff in our house. So I ended up getting him removed and... And, um, so that was a massive thing that I had to deal with as well. But, but I, I mean, that, that I don't tolerate that stuff in my life at all. So that was, that was one of the easiest things for me to remove. Um, cause Interesting. I don't cause have,
1: you know, that can be quite hard actually, you know, when, when you go through something like that and then it affects other people, but then they take the, the turn for the negative and, you know, you're having to deal with that as well. The ability to, to realize where that negative energy or that the downturn is going to be for you you know when you're trying to fight against all these things and you've got another thing to add the the again the mental fortitude to go no this is not serving me i need to cut it loose in a sense just so i can keep recovering is is very powerful and i think the self-awareness you must have had to observe that and the ability to make that decision um is is very impressive because oh i was actually talking about addiction just i think two episodes ago because we're talking about dopamine in the brain on this episode on this podcast and how you know when you get down to that concept of addiction it's this narrowing concept of what brings you pleasure and it actually rewires the brain so that you want nothing else and your motivation is only to get your next hit of whatever it is and some you know amphetamines meth cocaine can be more addicting than other things um and so when you get down that narrowing path it just you kind of lose sight of what else is there and it can be very draining for everyone around um you know i've, had, I've dealt with some people addiction in my life and it's really important for you to be aware of that and to, you know, make that strong cut. So that's very impressive. I think for you to have that ability, not easy, I'm sure, uh, especially after a long marriage, but um, again, showing the mental toughness that you've got there. So well done. It's, it's a big thing I think to make that step.
0: Yeah, it definitely wasn't easy, you know, like, but I mean, he was starting to threaten me in ways that cause he knew I was crippled. So he was, he was taking advantage of that. Right. Mm. And yeah, so I literally moved away from that really fast. So what that was kind of my blessing. And I, I but I mean it's still in the back of your mind. Like, of course. Because I'm a helper. I help people.
2: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so.
0: it, that includes addicts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I took I took that on actually as a failure for me because one, I couldn't have I couldn't actually help him.
1: The one thing with helpers is you, you'd want to give sometimes to the detriment of yourself. And I I have the same kind of thing that if you struggle or fail to help someone, I take it personally as if like, I didn't do my job properly, which is, I think probably something that come from my younger younger trauma or something that I need to work through, because I think that's a wrong attitude to have. But I think us helpers, I, I categorize myself in the same way that, yeah, it really does feel a bit like a failure when you, when you can't help someone or you have to cut that tie, because it's sort of bringing you down to a point where you, you start to not be able to look after yourself and um it's it's tough I don't know if everyone else can relate to that but I definitely can so um yeah yeah. how did you process that then
0: yeah so but I I took it on as a failure because of my accident Mm -hmm. so I started and this is where my mind was shifting because I went from the strong no I don't settle no this no that like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna beat this everything like that but because I was working I I was working 14 16 hour days I was dealing with a drug addict I was dealing with the fact that I couldn't do 95% of the things that I could do prior. My mind uh, was weakening. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I could not do anything mentally, physically, emotionally. And it was, it was really starting to, to wear on me. Yeah, of course. By the end of, by the end of that year, like i like i was beyond exhausted i was i was to the point of okay i'm done like i just i'm done like i just don't have the strength i don't have the energy i don't have nothing so i started looking around actually and that's how i got into the trading world because i started uh i started looking around for something outside of the oil and gas industry but but i'm gonna just back up for half a second i but because I really need to share this. And I share this with everybody. I'm not um, a really religious person. And mm -hmm. I'm not in any way, um, a preacher or anything like that. But I do want to say, I did take my dog to the park one day. And I'm sitting there and my dog's running. And I'm I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm completely emotional. I'm crying. And just, you know, having my moments of I don't understand. I'm Like, why did this happen to me? You know, yep. like I'm, I'm having my feel sorry for my myself moments. Of course. And try to understand what's going on and why this happened. And and all of a sudden, this lady out of the blue, she comes up. And she's like, "Are you okay?" I said, "Oh yeah." I said, "I said, look at me. I'm like kind of crippled. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm healing from it." I said, "But mentally, I'm just not feeling well right now." Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's like. The only thing she said to me, she's like, "You'll get through this," and she's like, "But you have to remember one thing." I said, and I looked at her and I said, "What's that?" And she's like, "If you don't listen to God, God'll take their legs right out from underneath you." Okay. And I literally went, "What?" <laughs> yeah. And like it, it literally, it floored me. It, it, it truly floored me because I was I've never ever had religion in my life, mm-hmm. ever. Um, I'm a very intuitive and spiritual person, but I've yeah, never had somebody say anything like that to me. So then I am sitting there and I said, I, I, I just said to her, I said, okay, well, thank you for that. I don't know how to take it. Like, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I said, I don't really understand what you're trying to tell me. She said, but all she said, she's like, think about it. She's like, you have a good day. She's like, you'll be back on your feet in no time. And I was just like. And then she was, she just left. She just She's left. gone. She just Yeah, left. Angel just like, comes and goes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm watching this lady walk away and I'm thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to be in the oil patch anymore. I had my, my I broke my neck. Yeah. Life was going okay until I went back to, after my surgery, four and a half years later, I go back to work. And now I'm back in the oil patch, not even a year. And now here I am, motorcycle accident. So I'm, I'm literally like playing with my own mind going, what in the heck is she even talking about? Like, what is this? So mm-hmm. then I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to just listen. Just going to listen to whatever that was supposed to be. And I, at that point, decided I need to get out of the oil and gas industry. Yeah. And that's why I started looking online to see, okay, what can I do? What is out there that... That I can do. I'm not mentally strong enough to help people Mm -hmm. uh, with the mindset stuff at the time, right? I just, I wasn't there. And I just said, you know, like, I got to look. So I started looking online, and I seen a friend of mine, and he was, he was doing the trading stuff. Yeah. And I knew a couple other people that were doing it. And I was like, I would never looked at a a chart, (laughs) or thought of trading, or wanted any part of trading in my life. Like, I was so scared of it, the app on your phone. Like yeah. I moved it to the very back page because I just didn't understand I, it, right?
1: I had no idea until I got into it. None. I thought yes. it was for the suits at, my, at the top of my job. Like only the big rich people do that. And if you're not big and rich, yeah. don't even look at it. That's where my head was at. So. Yeah, it's,
0: it's because like what years ago, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 20 years ago, I don't know. I think you needed to have like 10,000 or more in order to just do one trade. And it was investing. It was these long trades. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. It, so yeah so I didn't so then I heard okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna learn it and I'm just gonna like see what it's about and see if it's something that I can do okay so I messaged my friend and I said send me the send me your link I want to learn
2: mm-hmm.
0: And he says no that's not how it works I said <laughs> yes <laughs> I said you need to send it to me so I can learn about it I'm going to sign up and I'm going to try this and he's like, well, don't you want to jump on and learn what it's about? I said, no, I just want to jump in and learn yep. what it's about. And nice. he was completely, he didn't want to give it to me at first, right? <laughs> I said, okay, you need to give me your link, or I'm going to find somebody else to give me their link." <laughs> yeah. And like, okay, here you go. So then.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> give it to me, I'm finding someone else, I'm doing it anyway. It's that attitude yeah. of yours. I'm doing this. So give yeah. it to me now, or I'm finding another way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I, yeah, I jumped in and, um, when I jumped in there wasn't a lot of people I didn't have a whole lot of support because what as soon as I jumped in I realized okay this guy's not even a trader Mm -hmm. he's he's he hasn't really he's he was trying to but he's not a successful trader he doesn't really know a whole lot about it. he was more in the business to recruit people make money that way
1: marketing business yeah
0: and all my upline was like that and I was like how the heck am I supposed to learn this? Like, is this what this is about? I'm supposed to build a team. I'm not building a team. I just want to learn how to trade. Yeah. So I kind of distanced myself from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, I was working 14, 16 hour days, so I didn't have time for 15 meetings a day or I didn't have Zoom time. So, so what I did when I was working is I would play the videos, the um the instructing videos in the background. Yep. Well, and still, no idea what it, it even meant. None, because I would listen to it during the day at work, and then when I went back home at nighttime, then I would be eating supper, and then I would watch the video.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So then I would, I could put it together.
2: Okay. Like, oh, that's what
0: that's about. Right. So that's kind of how I did it. And you know, I tried jumping on with the educators, and I tried. I didn't have time. I yep. didn't Have time. In any means to understand what they were doing or how they were doing it and what this candle meant and what that indicator meant i didn't have time for any strategies except for to learn this and that's all i wanted to do is just learn yeah just right? that little to learn. So, yeah so i just started like i picked a few currencies and uh i just started learning the trend mm-hmm. learning how to move and and uh I became a very strong, intuitive trader. Nice. By just learning the trends.
1: So let's go into your, your trading journey. So th- before you go, before you jump into that, did you have any expectations getting into trading? Let's say that. Did you have any expectations or were you like, I just want to learn this and see where it takes me?
0: No, I had none. None that's whatsoever.
1: Sometimes a good thing. I think people come in with expectations and if they don't get met, they very quickly change their mind, or quit, or move on to the next thing. And I think if you don't have those big expectations, because lots of people I know, and I was guilty of this as well, when I first when I first heard about trading, I heard nothing. And then of course I came in through the network marketing side, and there were the promises of like, come be a millionaire in six months, and you know you'll be quitting a job, blah 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 blah. The 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 hero stories which are out there, and I, I think they're awesome. Um, I think you're probably among one of them in the end of it. But I got promoted these things, and so I had these expectations of like. I'm going to learn this in three months and it's going to change my life and everything's going to be different. Um, I very quickly was humbled and, uh, learned my lessons. And, and I nearly, I actually quit once and then came back and then, um, quit again because I was like, my expectations aren't being met. And then I think I lost my stubborn young twenties ego and I was able to look at it from an outside perspective and go, actually, you know what, this is very good opportunity if I just do the personal development. But I think not having the expectations like yourself, um, would have probably helped me a lot I think at the start so I find it quite fascinating when you hear these people who have had quite quick success stories in the trading world say the same kind of thing like I didn't have expectations I just wanted to learn this skill and just see where it takes me so That was really fascinating hearing you say that but let's let's hear how you went so you you came in um you in August when when did you come in J- J- 21st January yeah January, January 20,
0: 20, 21st 25.
1: and yeah. you said in listening at work might i add so i hear lots of people say i don't have the time for this you know i'm never going to learn this other thing they've got an eight hour office job they go home they sit in front of the tv and watch their family yeah bullshit. get off your ass and do some fucking work you've got sherry here in a wheelchair walking 16 hour days on the oil patch listening to the video at home wanting change bad enough that she's also going home and then watching the video after the 15 14 16 hour days so the time excuse really is piss poor but let's hear how you went so you you're here doing yeah. the videos at night you've come in at January and and how'd you how'd you go tell us your story because I, I think it's a pretty impressive little um run
0: yeah like I had I, I didn't have expectations at all I just knew that I needed to change my life like it was yeah. for myself it was I made a decision that I'm gonna learn this mm-hmm. and I need to save my own life right now
2: yeah back to that survival right. that's, mode that's, hey?
0: That's really where I was at. So it and it boiled down to my own decision, my own dedication, and my own um, desire to be to not be stuck. Because I was I was in I was in the crossroads. I was either I'm going all the way down, Mm -hmm. beat me up, or I'm going to change my my life forever. Yeah, and it really boils down to that decision.
1: Right. I, lo- I love what you said, just it's my decision. It's my opportunity. It's my responsibility. It was complete ownership of the situation. So many people yeah. go, I was here because of this, or I couldn't yeah. learn because of this, or oh, I would have but this lame ass excuse. But no, Sherry's here. It's my decision, my want, my desire and my opportunity to change. And I think that's very powerful. I think a lot of people, if they can understand that their entire life is just kind of a bunch of their decisions I mean yes you do have tragic accidents that come along but how you respond to them is all based on your you know your mental attitude and the fact that you just took took it by the reins and said this is my opportunity to change I think there's a very powerful message I'd like people to take away from that because that hit me when you said that this is me I gotta change this I love that
0: to go on yeah and it, it all boils down to you know like you can you can look at your situation like my situation for instance it was it was like so traumatizing so mm-hmm. traumatizing and you know it brought me right back to that little girl mental state of, of trauma right but everything that we do in life is only one decision away from from where we could be and mm-hmm. you can look at those traumas as uh as being so critical that it sets you back yep and you go back to that victim state or you can you can use that decision that that trauma and make it the best opportunity of your life is it your your fuel it it was it was like my as horrible as my my accidents were it's literally been a blessing in disguise
1: yeah it's like that kind of analogy that i don't know if you heard the story but the the two twin brothers and one of them is a successful ceo and and the other one's a homeless person and you know they went and asked each of them why are you the way you are oh my dad was a drunk and then the other one, why were you the way they are, the way you are? Because my dad was a drunk. Both of them same situation, but they used the opportunity, and one used it as fuel, and one used it as you know a crippling, crippling attitude. And I think it's so powerful to do what you've done and use it as fuel and use it as a driving force.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I was just literally jumping all in and yep. making that decision to jump in and do whatever it took. And and trust me, I wanted to throw, I wanted to quit thousands of times. -hmm. That
1: makes me feel good because I've had that.
0: (laughs) I was banging my head against the wall. And why am I still doing
1: this? And I'm like, no, you can do this. Get back at it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and to top it off, like when I when I was learning to trade, I didn't learn to trade on a computer. Okay. With a computer, I listened to videos. I did everything on my phone. Oh yeah. I, I, I to this day am two years in, and I still I'm now just learning how to read a chart
1: just learning how to read a chart. Yes. (laughs) What? Okay. That's, that's interesting. (laughs) I got to hear how you managed to have the success without knowing how to read a chart. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't learn, I wasn't able to learn the same way that the educators were teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. So everything that I did and do to this day is on my phone and I have one indicator that it's called meta our Williams uh, percentage range. Mm-hmm. that's the one and only indicator that I use. And you know now, in the last six months, I've been trying to like jump onto the trading platforms on the on the desktop and start learning and reading candles and and things like that so that I understand um, yep. what other people are seeing. and what you know when I jump on a trading call now i it's like I can look and see what they're talking about. But all the trading terms, couldn't tell you. I don't go by, you know, the fifty and the hundred and eighty. I don't know. I don't. I don't even. That's not even in my world.
1: Wow. So, so what? You just use the one indicator and trade it when it like shifts up or shifts down? Or is, I'm sure there's probably much more to it.
0: But oh, there's a lot more to it than nah. that. It's, it's I, I'm a I'm an intuitive trader. Mm-hmm. So I, if I see like I, I look at my phone and I see it, I take a trade. Okay. I look down again, and I see it, and I get out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, um, I I'm i I've learned the trend of the currencies that I trade. Yep. My confirmation of my trade is my lowest percentage range. Gotcha. So I I use my intuitive in, intuition first, mm-hmm. and then my lowest percentage range for my confirmation. Confirmation.
1: Wow, that's a very interesting. Like I've gone through bouncing through. Strategy to strategy when I first learned, because I would, you know, I'd learn a strategy, it wouldn't work. I'd blame the strategy, I'd move to something else. When really it was just me that wasn't working, I didn't have the right mindset or attitude at all. Um, And so I bounced around for all of them. So I learned all the technical analysis. And then I realized after, I think, 18 months, I was like, why am I still fucking useless at this? I know because I'm jumping around to everything. I'm not making the decision, following one thing and just sticking to it and learning. And so I did that for, you know, six months and realized that, okay, I, I know enough, but what's not right is my head. I've got to change my attitude, got to change my mindset, got to change my relationship with money, my relationship with myself, how I handle my emotions, all this stuff that I think as a you know mid-20s traveling male, you, you don't learn very quickly. And so it's it's been a big learning curve, and I'm still learning every day. But um, I definitely learned all the stuff that kind of doesn't really help at the moment, or you know, to some extent. And so the having the intuition and having the the simple one indicator I think is very fascinating and I think once you learn something well enough though when you when you're familiar with something like your your currency pairs then you do get that kind of intuition I think your your body and your memory get so in tune with what's going on that you can see something subconsciously and know you know how to respond to it and know how to act to it without really needing to be consciously aware of what's happening because you're really just in tune with it and you've put the effort in to learn it so I think uh, that's definitely something I'm taking away from this call is trying to get more in tune with the pairs that I'm trading and really start to stay focused and learn them.
0: For sure. like, And you know what? I did the same thing when I started because I didn't know. Right. So I jumped in and I was learning DeLorean. I was learning the Fibonacci. I was learning everything. I was with every educator trying to learn. And that's what you have to do. Right. You have to find what works for you. That's and that's, that's what I tell people when, when uh, on my trading calls is just play around, find what, find what works for you. And when mm-hmm. you find what works for with you for you stick to it. Yeah. So, so, you know, like now I'm, um, like I said, I'm in, I'm in deeper now where I actually understand, but going to like the, the intuition, that's, that's just being like so connected with yourself yeah. that you, you're able to. And it's not just trading. Like I'm very intuitive. I can read people like a book. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I do. Like, um, and you know, that's that's probably the hardest thing to learn. More so than the actual trading.
1: Yeah, that's right? what I talk about a lot on this call. Is just self awareness. Know yourself on the charts. Like I often refer to it as the best personal development program because to be successful, I think you need to know yourself to a very good level
0: you do and you need to you need to understand the difference between if you want to be intuitive you need to understand the difference between um instinct and Mm -hmm. intuition
1: interesting okay can you elaborate on that a bit
0: um so it's our automatic instinct to critical think okay we automatically the brain is programmed to always take you into critical thinking Okay. Rather than the positive and the inspiring or the moving forward, you know what I mean. So, so if I was to say something like, "Okay, let's go to your fire today," mm-hmm. right away you start panicking and you're like, "Oh no, our house is going to burn down." <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the first. Like that's your that's your constrictive thinking, right? Yeah. Rather than going, "Oh, I got this. Yeah, Don't worries. We're good."
1: Bottle right? flood.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's your it, your instinct. When you take a trade, okay, you see the setup, you see what it is, but your, your intuition is telling you don't do it. Okay. Right. But your instinct, you're seeing everything, but you're, you know, so you got to kind of look at it in two ways. So, um, and I, I teach this on my Thursday calls too. I'll, like, I'll do a trade with them and I'll tell them everything I'm seeing and I'll say, okay, would you take this trade? Well, yeah, it looks great. And I say, no. Okay. And they say, well, "Why? What do you mean?" I said, "Well, look, it's going to shift, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to it's going to keep going the the same direction, or it's going to shift the opposite direction, or whatever, right? So, yeah." And they're they're like, "But but it's really hard to teach intuition." Yeah, because people, a lot of people think that it's just that um, um, it's just an automatic. Well, if you don't have intuition, you're never going to have it. Because a lot of people will think it's an instinct rather than that thought. So when you go to do a trade, okay, let's, yeah. do, it, let's, do, let's do this right now. If You're going to yeah. go do a trade and you see the full setup. Because mm-hmm. you have this little voice right here going, no, don't. or are trying to trade and you're saying, get out, get out, get out. you got to be able to distinguish the difference between the instinct, the fear of getting out to get out. Yeah. Or to sit on it. Right.
1: That is so fascinating. Um, because th- as I progress in, in my trading career, um, you know, and like I said, I've I've learned the stuff. So like I know the, the indicators and the, the patterns and the blah 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 blah. I know the stuff. But the more I do this, the more I'm like, this is a pretty good setup. But I have these moments of like, but don't get in, you know, just don't. But the fight in me is like, how ha- so my question I guess is. <laughs> At what point can you kind of assume that intuition is correct if you're uneducated like how do you know that your intuition's not just like like i don't know you, you listen to your intuition and you're just kind of following your gut into to nothing how do you know that it's kind of like doing the right thing or it's on the you know or it's holding you back from a trade rather than just i'm sure if you would had no skill at all you could say i'm just going to follow my intuition and you probably wouldn't have any right direction and you might just get you know a lot of differences but i suppose with a bit of education and a bit of understanding when you have your intuition I, I'm wondering if there's a level at which you're educated enough so your intuition is definitely going to help you, or you're not educated and your intuition is going to hinder you. So that's, I guess, what my question is: is there that level? So, or...
0: so that really goes back to um, the traditional thinking and, and the constrictive thinking. Okay. Right, because our mind is automatically programmed to, and we've been programmed this our whole entire life. Yeah. From um, your babies, right? And anybody who knows, you know, this as well, any kind of mindset stuff that, that we do, we're programmed we're at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So we don't trust ourselves. Yeah. We don't trust our thoughts. We don't like we're always questioning, questioning, questioning. And if you just trust yourself, mm-hmm. you know, so what I did, how I learned, in, learned this in the trading world is um, I jumped out when, when I was in my demo. I literally use my intuition, mm-hmm. right? My ins—well, obviously, I did my in- my instinct at the beginning, and then I was like, "No, that's not what am I even doing?" That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But if you go into your demo account and you just trust yourself, trust yourself, right? And try mm-hmm. and distinguish. Okay, that was an instinct. This is my intuition. Okay, right? you try to distinguish the two. And if you can get yourself to the point of knowing the difference between an instinct to, Oh my goodness, look at that trade. It's awesome. I got to jump in, but really, tr- and trust yourself when you do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's good, cause it's good. If you, like your instincts are great. Yeah, okay? your, inst- I, your intuition will tell you the truth.
1: It's so fascinating you saying this, cause I have times where I come on and you know, like it just, it you step in and you haven't really had the time to really assess or, you know, you've, you've just had a look at it and you can just tell like that's a great setup. Like that right there is a great trade. And for me, I went through the stage of doing that too much that I was just like, okay, now I'm just like this cowboy jumping in just because I I feel it, which yeah. was kind of me lying to myself. But then there are those moments where it truly feels more than just a, 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 I'd say a mental feeling of that's a good trade to like, I can feel it in my gut that that's just a great trade and I'm sure it's going to go. And then Sometimes I'll jump in, but if I'm trying to be more disciplined, I won't. And I'll just watch it run. And I'll be like, this is what I'm trying to get to the most, um, most adapt part of me is those moments where you really have that feeling. Like it's just, it kind of, to me, it's just like, that's so obvious that trade. Why would it, why would I not take it? And I have those moments sometimes. But the distinguishing between the instinct and intuition, I think, is the biggest thing that I need to take away from this. Cause I have, I even had on the call today, there was a call, you know, we were looking at a setup. And it kind of played to my trading plan, but I wasn't really looking for it. It just didn't feel right. And I was like, I, I don't, like someone said, you know, what about this? I'm like, actually, that is a pretty good setup, but I just, I don't feel it. And that stayed out of it and it kind of bounced around and didn't really take off. And that I guess was the intuition that I need to really be looking at. That's
0: to Your instinct, ju- you would have jumped in. Yeah. Because some, somebody else is telling you, oh, that's great. You should, ju- you should do it. And it's an automatic instinct to jump in. Mm-hmm. right so you using your intuition and saying no that's not like it looks like it's a good setup but I'm not jumping in yeah and so what I tell excuse me what I tell um people on the calls is you know if you're unsure and if you're really trying to like when you're when you're setting up your trades or you're doing your trades do your mm-hmm. trades but if you really want to start studying your intuition and the difference between your intuition and your instinct go back into your demo account mm-hmm. and play way learn to trust yourself because that's really the bottom line you got to learn to trust yourself
1: I think that's key for so many things in life not just trading you yeah. know people who are really just go for things they trust themselves they know in their ability you know I've got some friends that's it's just like they just do everything but why because they just like trust themselves and I got friends of mine at home I go Jake how do you get away with this stuff and I'm like I just do because I have faith in myself and I go for it and I think yeah. in every aspect if you can just really trust yourself and know yourself that's How you really make progress, and when you start to push, I mean, yes, push your boundaries a little bit, get outside your comfort zone, and grow. But I think when you're doing stuff like this, if you can learn yourself and know, yes, this is going to be tough, but I can do it, then go for it. But there's sometimes where you're like, this is really just not me, I need to step out and listen to that. I think trusting yeah. is it's just a great life lesson, I think, for everyone. It
0: is, it is 100%. You know, and, and when I was in, when I got into the trading, I was in a live account, I think it was like a couple months in, mm-hmm. probably max three months in I opened up my live account and I still had no idea what I was doing but they had HFX boot camp and I was like oh yeah well I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going to jump in on this boot camp so during this boot camp you know they're calling trades and you know talking about trade not really calling but and I would I would take trades and you know it was like I was taking like a lot of trades Mm -hmm. during the one-hour call or two-hour call and Sometimes I would have like six, like twenty-six wins. Wow. Do a call. And like, so then they were like, they'd reach out to me and like, what are you doing, Sherry? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, i am just see the trade and I take the trade. And I didn't realize I was still learning, right? So I didn't know what what exactly was or, you know. Yeah. So um, so then yeah, like I just I did this eight week this eight week boot camp and I, it was one night a week and it just tried to really put the pieces together. You know, they were talking about all this stuff, which was really mumbo jumbo to me because <laughs> to this day, like I said, I don't know the terms, like all yeah. the trading lingo and stuff like that. I really don't. Um. So, so then, you know, like I had my upline, he mm-hmm. would he would reach out to me and he's like, have you made six figures yet? I'm like, good God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, so I was like, "Everything." that's the only, and that was my motivation though. Okay, that's literally all the motivation I had because all my upline, they weren't traders. Yeah, like one one was a trader, but they mostly focused, like I said, on building a team and and the the money side of it that way. And I was like, I don't even really want to do that. Mm-hmm. So you know, after this boot camp, this this uh, my upline Greg, he was he kept asking me. He says, "Um, so yeah, five figures yet?" Mm-hmm are you at six figures so then finally I got to the point where I was like yeah I am I am now and he'd be like what and I <laughs> said yeah And so then he'd be like are you at six figures yeah you know like he was you know that and that was the only little bit of encouragement that I had yeah you so know, would you say person,
1: sorry sorry go ahead
0: yeah this one person was just like my motivation to keep me going just that just to check up on me and say how you doing you know okay. what I mean? Are you? you know and it was when I would tell him I didn't realize that when I was telling him that, yes, I'm at six figures now or five figures or whatever, that that was his, my encouragement to him, that made, yeah. that him start to trade. Yeah. Right. So it's like, Oh, you know, and I didn't understand Encourage that. You so, others. You know, yeah. would,
1: you, would you say that your motivation was to hit the number he was checking on or to prove him right and be like, yeah, I am now. Like I've hit that. So like more towards saying yes to him or more towards the number that he was presenting to you
0: no you know i don't even i look at it now and i'm like um i said i said like we actually just had this conversation last weekend and i said to him i said you know i said it was if it probably wasn't for you calling me and asking me if i hit that number i probably i don't i i I don't know if i would be where i'm at today so i give him so much gratitude and like like it, it really like it comes from him Pushing me in that little That's tiny, lovely. unknowing way, right? And it, I, it, I'm gonna say it's definitely the number. Yeah, definitely, because because I was like, he would phone me up and I'm like, hey, are you at this yet? And I'm like, no. Well, and <laughs> he'd say, you know, like, you know, will yeah. get. There, don't worry about it. You'll get there. And I was like, oof, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that but, comes from you know the little sherry with the bike is taking you in and kind of you're, you're doing this yet and kind of just not being your dad and on top of you but always just being there for the encouragement and being you know keeping you in line and keeping checking in and uh, you know having that motivation that's funny so I'm sure there's a bunch of people on this call especially very analytical traders that are probably frustrated to you right now like I've learned everything and I know all the things I'm still not successful and you're in here talking about intuition without any you know knowledge blah, blah 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 but let's have a chat about when you started where you got to after a year and kind of some of your numbers so that people can realize that you may not know the lingo, but knowing your intuition bloody works because you've had some right. great results.
0: Yes, it does. So the power of the mind is one of the most incredible, amazing things if you mm-hmm. allow it.
1: I agree to, to that. Amen. Non-religious, yeah. but amen.
0: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So, So I started in January of 2021. Mm-hmm. and by with a thousand times of wanting to give up by january my anniversary date i was able to um celebrate that i had seven figures starting with 200 dollars.
1: three figures to seven figures in one year is absolutely mind-blowing but what i love about that is if you have the discipline Anyone can do it because you did. Now, what about your numbers? Like, what was your risk management? Like, how much were you risking? What was your daily goal? Were you attacking your daily goal or were you just trading for trading?
0: I was just trading for trading.
1: Just trading for trading. And you'd have a hot day and make a bunch of money. And then some days you wouldn't and you'd just chill.
0: Yeah. I traded every day, um, Mm -hmm. every single day of the week. I traded. How long would you trade for? uh, Usually 20 minutes, half an hour.
1: Okay. Wow. So just, yeah. On the charts, yeah. The
0: ending, and, and still to this day, I that's all I trade. I still, um, and I don't trade every day now. I just i trade, uh, every few days now. Basically, mm-hmm. when I feel it,
1: <laughs> when, when your healthy. intuition says, Look at the charts. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> at the beginning, I was seven days a week. yep And when I hit my seven figures, I was doing, um, probably four or five days a week. Okay. But I want to just point out one thing that I said. In April, April or May of 2021, mm-hmm. after I started my live account, we did this big uh, big talk thing. And you know, one of our one of our mindset uh, trading calls, training calls. And everybody said, Okay, who wants to be the first millionaire in their in their family? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Heck yeah, I do. I said you yes know, to that
1: question it. many times. Yes, I
3: do. That's,
0: yeah, so so I actually put it out there and I told i uh, I said, I told my kids and I said, okay, just so you know, I'm going to be like the first trading millionaire in our family. I'm just, I'm going to do this. And my, my son is like, mom, you got this. You can do it. And I was like, what? You're (laughs) actually agreeing with me. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it was just, but I put it out there and I, I really focused on that. Like that was a huge thing that I really tried to, um, I really tried to own that. Yeah. Right. Because 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 money is such a such a horrible we've been just taught so many horrible things about money Mm -hmm. you know that it's money's a setback for a lot of people if they don't understand it and I I was that person even though I was successful with my businesses in the oil field and things like that it's this was totally a different world to me so and I put it out there and you know, told my family, and I was all excited. And then mm-hmm. finally, January hit, and I was able to, you know, tell people. My it was actually crazy because so Greg, nice. my my uh, mentor who kind of pushed me, mm-hmm. phoned me up. Uh, he phoned me up a couple of days later, and he says, "Are right, you at seven figures yet?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, I'm not." He said, "But yeah. soon, I'm getting there." So then, the day that I hit my seven figures, I phoned him. And I said, Greg, guess what? And he says, you hit seven figures. Get out of here. And I said, oh, I yes. did. I did. <laughs> and I did. I said, I hit seven figures. And he looks like we got together and I showed him my account and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't even understand. told me <laughs> how do you do it? I said, I don't even understand. I just yep. did it. Right? I said, nice. I just did it. I put my mind to it and I did it. And um, so... So just that being said, it's, I was just in a, another world. Mm-hmm. Really, I can imagine. I phoned up my son that night and told him that he had seven figures and everybody was so excited. Yeah. You know, everybody was so excited. I had all these calls coming in and I was just like, wow, I, like, I was, I think I was in shock.
1: Yeah. I think right? I would be, but- I think I I will be when it happens.
0: Yeah, you're going to be. You're going
1: to. I think I will be when it happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, because I didn't. I mean, I put it out there as much as I believed it. You still have that constrictive thought going. Mm -hmm. No, it's not going to happen, right? So when it actually did happen, it was like, wow. And I really wasn't focusing on it happening.
3: Yeah, just doing the process, and it was going to be a result.
0: Yeah. So then, when I was like, all this, all it all happened, and everybody's calling me, and I'm like, I'm I'm starting to get annoyed. When people <laughs> calling, and I'm like, okay, yes, yes, yes. An interview after interview and after interview, and I'm like, yes, great. Yeah. And I was on top of the world, but it, it hadn't hit me.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Of so it was like a few days later, and then finally, I was sitting there by myself one, and I, and I was just like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) holy shit I did
1: this hang on a minute
0: what did I just do shit yeah (laughs) and that was literally that was literally I was sitting there having my coffee sitting on the deck and I was like holy shit okay (laughs) okay I got this okay and you know and then it all like all this stuff all all these crazy emotions were, were coming to me and I'm like holy man I, like, so then I was like <laughs> overwhelmed for a couple days and then had to bring myself back down
1: and... yeah that's that's funny I love first of all I love the fact that you've got your your son there who just supported you kind of without hesitation like I kind of have that with my mom my mom bless her I love it a bit um but mm-hmm. I kind of said the same thing I did engineering and then I went traveling I was like mom I want to travel the world and my dad's super supportive as well so I'm very grateful for both of them but and I was like want to travel the world and now I call my mom and she's like how's it going you know I think in the back of their minds a little bit like so when are you coming home and doing engineering kind of thing but I'm like I'm not I'm going to be a millionaire like yep don't worry about retirement I got you covered like it's going to happen I'm 100% there and at the start she was kind of like oh okay yeah what, what dream have you got now but now she's like yeah no I'm looking forward to it I can't wait I'm happy to give you this now because I know you're going to be my retirement plan I, I know you've got this so it makes yeah. a huge huge difference but it's funny, I actually have here on, on the questions, which I haven't even looked at yet today because we've had such great conversation. But did you at any point have that holy shit moment? Like, wow, this is really happening. I've made it. And I guess it was there sitting on the, the, the deck Absolutely. with your coffee. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was 100% right there. Like I just, yeah, even, even sitting with my, my son the one day I said to him, I said, right. uh, I like I, like he said to me, like, holy shit, mom, you did it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was right after that, my son got into it and he, he's he's trying nice and but he didn't stick it he didn't stay in yeah okay right so okay. he got in and he's like i'm too busy for this and are i'm you? like he said oh <laughs> my goodness are you really telling me this right he yeah. did he, and, and so just i hope he listens to
1: this he <laughs> realizes yeah. that i was a u when you were learning
0: <laughs> right so I mean, that's the thing like it just it doesn't matter that yeah. i'm the way I am. and it my kids didn't follow my footsteps Mm -hmm. they have to learn what i learned to get to where i'm at right and that's like anybody else like this this mindset our traditional thinking has kept us away from this mindset
2: yeah totally agree with
0: that the program thinking has kept us away so when you understand that it's a program thinking and every constrictive thought that comes into your mind that is meant to hold you back if you reverse that thought you will always take a step forward. You, even if it's a quarter of a step forward, you will always, always, always keep moving forward.
1: Sorry, can you right. say, that one, say that one again? I don't need, I need want to process it again because it just hit me <laughs> with that again. That sounds good. I really want to take this in.
0: So if all your constrictive thinking, mm-hmm. okay, if you take that constrictive thought and you reverse it, reverse the constrictive thought. Reverse your constrictive thought. Okay, take power, so It's like taking power over your constrictive thought. So you have a constructive thought, you literally turn it into a into the positive, even if it's just like, I don't know if I can do this, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna try. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not a millionaire yet. You know I what actually I mean? She did a whole I'm episode not... on
1: the power of the word yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love
0: that. You know, but you have to be careful okay. when when you use the the word yet. Mm-hmm. Because that can also stop you. Okay. Right? not that it's going to really okay it's not that it's going to really stop you it, it'll delay you
1: okay interesting
0: right. right so if you if you have i'm not a millionaire yet okay so when are you going to be a millionaire mm. I right see. i'm not a successful mind coach yet so when are you going to be when are you going to allow yourself and trust yourself enough to do it to be it mm-hmm. right that's- so that's that's kind of where I go with the yet word.
1: That's interesting because I like what you said there. When are you going to allow yourself and trust yourself? Because the one thing I have with deadlines, and I think there's two kinds of people um, in the world. Like you can set a deadline and people are going to thrive on that. They're going to get hit crunch time. And they're like, yes, this is my deadline. I've got to reach it by then. And then there's the others who go, oh, holy shit, overwhelm. I've got a deadline, panic. What do I do? And it stops the progress and, and kind of freaks them out. Do you agree with that, first of all? And it's completely okay if you don't. And if so, where do you kind of sit? Because I'd love to hear your intake on on this with all your intuition.
0: I personally love deadlines.
3: Okay, right.
0: I love deadlines because deadlines um, will push me harder and faster. Um, And I can guarantee that at the end of that deadline, even if I'm not 100% complete, completed what I've, the task I was given or Mm -hmm. put in front of myself, I will be three quarters or almost 100% in between that bracket. Gotcha. Um, I don't believe I don't believe in any in putting any type of constricting thought in my mind. All right. Somebody, somebody will say something to me about, oh, there's no way you can do that in six months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, that's a challenge.
1: <laughs> Hold my beer. So,
0: <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just challenge me. And I may not be able to 100 percent complete it in six months, but mm-hmm. I will be three quarters done in six months. I will be whatever it is put in front of me within six months. I will be successful with it by that time.
1: That's that's awesome. I think I have this internal conflict or issue. I don't know how to call it because I'm. I like to think that I'm the kind of person when the deadline comes, like la- last quarter of a basketball game. I can light up and pressures on. Let's go, you know, that kind of crunch time moment. Everything becomes clear and I've just like hit the flow state and I'm on. But when I've got like these big goals for like business or, you know, I want to try and create a course or something like that. And I put a deadline on it and I'm like, okay, here I go. And I realize that I'm maybe not hitting milestones. I start to get really like, oh no, I'm not going to make it. And then I start to get disappointed and feel like a failure. And, I, and that alone makes me work less. And then it almost feels like as soon as that thought comes in and I start to see that I'm not going to reach this deadline, I kind of just collapse on it and I'm like oh no I'm gonna fail and then horrible and then I get down on myself and emotional on that aspect so I like to well I am still that kind of person who has a deadline and just smashes it but when it comes to something like this I feel that the overwhelm sometimes gets on top of me faster and so I don't know how to either remove that or whether it's whether to remove the deadline kind of concept in my head or whether to keep it there and just figure the fuck out how to deal with the overwhelm. Like, I I don't know. This is what, this is where I'm trying to grow. Like if you've got some uh, lovely advice, then please tell me what to
0: do. Definitely. definitely. So what I heard there is you really want to, you, you make a plan, you have a goal and you want to hit it. Mm -hmm. So for starters, you have to make the decision at the beginning. Mm -hmm. One, you have to be all in at the beginning it falls it down to um, your true decision. You have to, not just a partial decision, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so say so. let's go back to the six months, okay? So let's just say that by the end of this year, or seven months, yep. by the end of this year, you want to be, let's use a, let's use a number, you want to be a millionaire, okay? By the okay. end of this year, okay?
1: I do, so let's use that number.
0: <laughs> okay, so you want to be a millionaire by the end of this month, by the end of this year,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: what it boils down to is that decision okay if you want to be a millionaire by the end of this year you're going to act like a millionaire what does a millionaire do okay spin it around now okay and just look at i i my one of my favorite people is julia roberts
2: okay, okay. Nice. nice so
0: and um uh, julia what's her name julia i don't know anyway so anyway <laughs> You go to something and you go, okay, I want this by the end of the year. What would Sherry do? Mm-hmm. What, would Sherry, what steps would Sherry do? If I'm sitting there watching TV, would Sherry be sitting there watching TV? Or would Sherry be working on her goal? What right?
1: would Sherry do? It's my new WW. What would Jesus do? What would Sherry do? <laughs> right? what would it's
0: Sherry... same thing. It, and it really is the same thing because you have to put your mindset into the successful millionaire and billionaires mm-hmm. right um I have so many things on the go right now that I'm not even able to go and travel the world right now even though I would love to because I I'm I'm so so dedicated to some of the plans I have moving forward that if I only decide to partially so all these plans that I have going on if I decide, okay, this is what I have going on. This is what I want to have by the end of the year, and then I decide to go travel, mm-hmm. right? So if very, you very have nice. to make a decision, you have to be one hundred percent all in, right? And if you are finding it where you are kind of bouncing all over the place,
2: mm-hmm. definitely um, at points.
0: <laughs> organize, organize planning, prioritizing, right? And you, so you have a little one.
1: Yep, I do. Nine months old.
0: So, look at it this way. If your little one is hungry, are you going to go wash the car?
1: No. Hand him to mom and then go, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Right? would look but after
0: his right. food, wouldn't you? Yeah. If it was just you and baby, okay, are yeah. you, if your baby's hungry, are you going to go wash the car? Or are you going to go not. watch TV? Are you going to ignore her?
1: No. Him, but it doesn't matter. But I'm no, I'm sorry, right. sorry. no, it's fine. No, it's of course you didn't know. Yeah, no, him. of course not. Yeah,
0: so are you going to ignore your child? So your business, your life, your personal growth is no different than a baby.
2: Yeah, it's a very interesting.
0: You cannot ignore it, right? You have Weird. to make sure that every step you are taking care of you because you're just important as that baby. Yeah. Or that child or that mom or whatever you're not going to ignore it so if you kind of look at it like that and that's that's how I
1: wow it's a great way to
2: I don't
0: it. veer away in any way I have a goal I have a plan and yes I have I have seven or eight eight different things on the go right now mm-hmm. and I get pulled in all different directions but that's organized planning is yeah. what takes place there right my priorities, priorities. Are the most but bottom line is you have to decide for yourself what you truly want.
1: Yeah. And well, I like what you say, what you truly want as well, because I feel like sometimes we fall into wanting other people's dreams or what other people expect from us and, you know, parents and our Absolutely. upbringing and, you know, wives, even, you know, getting relationships and then you just do what you want for the other person. But when you do that, you kind of lose the desire for the thing you're doing. It's not the true why. And if you yeah. really follow what you truly want, which I think is what you said, I think that's a much more. Yeah. Strong way to follow that passion. So I love that word
0: you use there. So and that's the thing. We forget us we forget because we're adults that we are just as important. Our goals, our dreams are just as important as our babies' mm-hmm. dreams and feeding their children. Like we can't we can't forget about ourselves any more than we can forget about our children.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't feed my child if I'm starved myself, right? That's right. So. That's really fascinating. One thing I think I, I I want to pull back on, just back to the trading, because I heard you speaking and I wanted to ask you the same kind of same question. When you talk about intuition, you talk about intuition on the trades, but would you also listen to your intuition? Like, I don't think I should jump on the charts today. Like that kind of thing as well. And I, I feel like talking to you, like it just kind of light bulb, like it can kind of go on multi-levels, you know, on this trade, listen to my intuition. But sometimes I wake up and I'm like, uh, usually I usually get on for London Open, but I'm like, uh, I've got a bit of stuff on. I don't really feel like it's the right thing to do. I should just work. And then if I ignore that, every single time I ignore that, I lose for the day. Like pretty much every single time. And I'm learning that now and hearing you speak, I'm like, listen to yourself, Jake. Like if it doesn't feel right, don't get on the charts. But
0: Yeah, absolutely. You always jump in. So when you get those thoughts, always jump in and take a look. Mm-hmm. Always jump in and take a look. I actually, and that's that again, is going back to understanding the instinct and, and intuition. Yeah. So you get the thought, it's telling you, check it out, mm-hmm. right? If you look at it, and so here's the difference. You have a you, you have a thought like that, you're all by yourself and you have that thought, that's your intuition, okay? Mm-hmm. You're in a group of people and they're saying, oh, you know, they're talking about trading, you haven't traded yet today, and they're talking about trading. So you decide, oh, you know what, I should probably check it out. So you yeah. pull up your computer and, and you look at it and go, oh, that looks like a good trade. Uh, maybe not. Right. But so that's an instinct.
3: Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
0: That's your instinct for you to, to follow. But what, whatever you see when you look at your phone or computer when you're trading, then that's your that's where your intuition comes into play. Okay. Right. So and I'll do that too. I'll do the same thing. Like I'll be, you know, Thursday nights or whatever, or if I jump on a trading call, or if I'm just around people that were talking about trading. Mm-hmm. and also, i haven't traded all day now like, oh, i should probably check it out and i'll look at my phone and i'm like nope yeah no right because i go by my 100 percent intuition okay and i oh. only use um my williams percentage rate indicator as confirmation that's so and fascinating I yeah
1: i think i need to listen because i'm in the stage now where i'm you know I came from the consciousness of desperation and need for money kind of thing, which isn't a good place to trade from. And, you know, money is still really tight here. So it's, it's also in the situation of like that desperation state. But when I'm doing that, I'm like, I should say discipline and I should get on the charts every day and do this sort of stuff. But then, you know, I've got other stuff going on like business kind of orientation. So sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I don't think I should bother with the charts today. I should just go do my business stuff. And because that desperation comes in, I'm like, no, Jake, go do your discipline thing. Go look at the charts, do that. And every time that happens, I end up trading poorly or taking a loss or two. And then that sets, you know, a negative mood for a a few hours after that. Like I should have just listened to my intuition. Why didn't I just listen to what I said I was going to do? You know, that lack of willpower, I guess, comes in if you ignore your intuition. Like I won't do it oh I'm here now maybe I should just look and then you end up forcing a trade and it's crap so I think my goal to myself right now is going to be listening to my intuition on both whether to jump on the charts or not and whether to jump in the trade and not and I think that's a very powerful thing that's come from someone who's used it very very successfully
0: (laughs) yeah and I mean one little thing too that I that I tell people to do and and you know to to become aware of it right and become become aware of your thoughts um Just get yourself a little, you know, those little tiny notebooks. They're just tiny. Just get yourself a little tiny one.
1: I think I got one right here, like this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anything like any tiny, like one that you can carry around. It's not, you know, inconvenient to carry around. Yeah. So take that book everywhere you go and do it for one week. Okay. Okay. And every time you have a constrictive thought throughout the day, make a little mark in it make a note, whatever you want, whatever works for you. And just, you know, if it's, if it's it's a really devastating constrictive thought, then make a little note in it. And if you can turn that into and become aware of all of your constrictive thinking, mm-hmm. eventually you'll be able to remove your constrictive thinking. But you have to, the biggest thing is, is you have to be aware.
1: Right? Yeah. I always say so, it, self-awareness, it's so important.
0: Yeah. So if you actually um so i go back to when i was 11 okay Mm -hmm. we were talking about the 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 money blocks and things like that right the inspiration stuff 11 years old i needed to survive even then right but i was in a situation where there was no money yeah right so i also had that that money block where you can't you can't have too much you know like you can't have too much and there's not enough of people in the world and it doesn't grow in trees, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. the thing is, is we have it, so many different aspects. Okay. Those constrictive thinking, all those negative thoughts that are mm-hmm. stopping. If you just make a little tick, right? Tick, 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 and become aware of every single negative thought that you have and constrictive thinking that, that you, that you do in a day. And you become aware. And when when you're able to completely spin them every yeah. single time, then you'll notice that your intuition will just pop out.
1: That's so such a good exercise, I think. Can you give our listeners some examples of some constrictive thinking and then how you'd reverse it? So like just some examples of what maybe you had, or just off the top of your head, what a constrictive thought might be and how you fully reverse that.
0: Yeah, like just the whole money thing, like money mm-hmm. doesn't grow trees. Okay, so this is this is this is actually a better one. There's not enough money for the for all the people in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Bullshit. <laughs> right? Some and guys prints
1: it, right? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's not about it being all about the money. It's yeah. about, you know, you you take that constrictive thought and you go, oh, I'm not gonna worry about it. There's not enough money for me. Okay. Right? Everybody else, all the elites, they have all the money. The millionaires have all the money. And we go, that's, that's, and that's where it ends. We put that big wall up and that's where it ends. So mm-hmm. we stay stuck in this, in this world, this life that is completely constricting. We hate yep. our life. We're not happy. We were. We, we live in misery, but some of us are able to go, no, I'm not happy in this life. I want more. I deserve more. I, you know, there's no reason that the average person can't be a millionaire. Yeah, is there no reason? And that's where the power of the mind comes into play because what you think you can have, right? Yeah, and I love that. Any time, anything that you think you can absolutely have, right? You just have
1: to make that decision, I guess.
0: It's it like I said again. It all boils down to that decision.
1: Yeah. Would you say there's a difference between limiting beliefs and constricting thoughts? Or are they pretty much one and the same, related to each other.
0: They're pretty much one of the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much one and the same. Limiting beliefs are just another way to. So limiting beliefs to me is a mm. little tiny portion of the constructive thinking.
2: Okay, interesting.
0: Right. So because there's these limiting beliefs, there's these limiting limiting beliefs. There's you know there's so many different categories of limit, limiting beliefs. But if you just look at it as, okay, that's a constrictive thought. That's a negative thought. That's a Mm -hmm. hold back thought, right? So when you can actually look at it as, okay, it's holding me back. Constrictive thought.
1: Yeah. That that thought's holding me from moving forward.
0: Yeah. You do not accept them. You don't accept those thoughts in any way. Right. You you move past them and you say, I'm not, if you have to say it out out loud, I'm not accepting that I'm moving forward. Here. I'm
1: walking in less than two years <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah right and then and then that's where I said that that little um that little assignment just do that for yourself and look at all those thoughts you'll be so mind blown. I i everyday work on my mindset
3: mm-hmm. I don't
0: ever stop working my mindset and I even today still have constrictive thoughts I'll have something happen and it's like oh well that's that was not very thought. nice for that person Right. But you just you just you just have to be be aware of it when you're mm-hmm. aware of it then you can reverse it. Easy to you know? change. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm to the point now where somebody cuts me off when I'm driving. It's like I giggle about it. I'm like, yeah. right. you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I don't even go there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't go there. and You know, even um, I do a lot of work with um, victim services as well. So I have to go to a lot of pretty tra- um, traumatic events. and scenes and things like that so i'm able to even those situations i'm even able to reverse those right and when you when you just do these exercises daily do it for a whole week you'll be like if you do for a day like so tomorrow morning you wake up and you start doing this Mm -hmm. you do it for one whole day i'll be i'll be surprised if you don't have over 200 little ticks on your paper
1: 200 all right challenge accepted tomorrow i will use this book right here And every time I have it I like to think that with all my mindset work I really like get rid of a lot of those but I think it's also the concept of taking it from the subconscious kind of constrictive thought and then bringing attention to it which is hello book so it's not longer so much in the subconscious but it's coming to the conscious because once it's in the conscious you can change it and shift it and I think I think again I think I don't have many Thoughts that are constricting, but maybe when I'm bringing awareness to it, I'll be surprised that how many are hanging around in that subconscious thought. So, I will tomorrow. I will do that challenge, and I will let you know how it goes. I'll send you a picture or something with the amount of ticks that I've got. And uh, yeah,
0: but the thing is too, okay. This is then this is what this is what I was taught years ago about about this little assignment. Mm -hmm. I have you have to be honest with yourself.
1: Yeah, I think that's the key to most of these things, right? right? And when I first did it, I was like,
0: yeah. When I first did it, I was going. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to put that tick down. Like this person is (laughs) going to hate me because I have so much. My first time that I did it was um, close to 17 years ago. Yep. And I thought I did my great work. I had a great mindset, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I first did it, I was like, oh, I had like over 400.
1: (laughs) Yeah, wow. So did you write them down or do you just like tick when you have one or do you write down exactly what it is as well?
0: Um, so the ones that I wrote down were the ones that I re- I didn't want to accept.
1: Okay,
2: right. I see the
0: ones that I struggled to be honest with myself about. Yeah, yeah. So and I mean it. I mean that's even just little a little. You know, you see somebody going by and judgment of somebody else. That's a constructive thought.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see how you can definitely utilize it. Like, I think you know, I like again like the thing that I'm. Free from judgment like I really do love all people but sometimes you'll see someone walk by I get judged a lot by the way I look I don't really care about that but then sometimes you'll be like oh that person's got you know this how come and like wait am I just judging someone why am I what am I doing okay I obviously just judged just like it just comes naturally I think because of the way we've been brought up and you know the systems that we've been programmed um into and so I think yeah bringing that awareness to it's gonna be a shock for me but it'll be interesting to see how I go Um, (laughs) I'm excited
0: because, I mean, even when somebody's judging us, like we yeah. get the constructive thought going, what are you looking at? Yeah. Why are you judging me? That's a constrictive thought.
1: Yeah, maybe I don't get judged as much as I think I do, but i am just got this constrictive thought, you know. I think right? you can only think that you're being judged unless you're judging someone else on the way they're viewing you. <laughs> so really, yeah. be, feeling, be, feeling being judged is a judgment in itself, which is a very it interesting um, concept.
0: Being, being aware of all of that is just... It's, it's all constricting, right? It's all putting that barrier up for yourself to move past. I feel like right? it's a and very freeing. Really yeah, it really boils down to 100% trusting yourself, allowing yourself to be who you're truly meant to be. Because I'm sure you know, in our world, we are spiritual beings having a human experience.
2: Yep, very right? much so. so.
0: When we understand that, and this is where this lady saying this to me, about god's going to take your legs out from underneath you and literally that's what happened to me yeah once but twice i was like okay so then of course (laughs) i started researching this stuff and okay i've always been a spiritual person never understood the god thing it didn't make ever make sense to me but when somebody said to me about the spiritual being i was like oh my that's so true (laughs) how could how could we be confused for all these years and think anything different right Now, because of that, anything I do and anything happens to me is because of what I do, Mm -hmm. not because of what the world's doing to me.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think once you can make that understanding that anything that that happens to me is because of what I do and my response to what happens around me, I think that's a very freeing kind of realization. It really allows you to go. I don't have an excuse for all this bullshit anymore because it's me and the only person I can blame is me and once I start blaming me then I'm going to not like it and I'm going to stop finding reasons to blame me <laughs> I'm just going to start changing you know
0: and I think it's so good
1: yeah go I think that um constricting thought exercise is like a very freeing rabbit hole I feel like you could go very deep down like well this is actually a constricting thought of this and this and you could get very deep but once you undig all that I think you you've got a huge opportunity to be Creed, absolutely. I
0: guess absolutely and you know I started learning this stuff when I had my businesses before mm-hmm. and because when you have your own business if you don't work you don't get money it's true if You don't work you don't get paid
3: mm-hmm. so
0: that's where it kind of started for me where you know making sure that I wasn't allowing a lot of the constructive thinking but you know I did most of this stuff even unaware that I was doing it
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: right? it's
1: fascinating I think Um, lots of this I think lots of people do these kind of things um, but once they start to bring conscious awareness to it they can really expand and grow on it Um, but sometimes they can also you know if you've I don't know what's a good if you've got a limiting belief for example and someone brings attention to it and you you try to address it then it just opens up this whole world of like well if that's the case and I'm doing this already by trying to you know negotiate my constricting thoughts and now that i'm aware of it what else can i do and how much can i expand on it and so i think these kind of discussions the more people that listen to it they might be like actually i've been doing that you know this guy cut me off and i was frustrated but i've learned that to address my behavior that's a reversal of constricting thought what else can i do it on and i think it you know it expands from there
0: absolutely absolutely yeah so that's that's kind of um i started out with just teaching this stuff to businesses and kids Mm -hmm. here town and now I've I'm, I'm in the process of building the programs to teach it to the world because I love that I just think that everybody needs to find themselves again because I think with all the traditional thinking in the program that we've had throughout the world that we've that we've had
1: I'm
2: lost. we've
0: been taking away from ourselves mm-hmm. they've taken us away from ourselves the people that have programmed us and I mean I I'm I'm a, a pro like a life real life example that trauma abuse everything bad mm-hmm. right I've had I probably had so much bad stuff for me that's happened to me in my life that that you know it, it would amount up to 10 people yeah right but I just refuse to be that victim because it's not about the victim it happened it's over yeah I can live and you know, it's you know a lot of the power of the forgiving, and um people that don't understand the power of the forgiving, what it actually does, right? So, you know, I've done that from a young age.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. The yeah. person that abused me when I was a child became my best friend before he passed. Wow. Right. And that was okay. my my own doing.
1: I think I've got this two dart theory, and it is pretty much exactly along this like guess. We get hit with something. You know, that's the first dart. The second, third, fourth dart is completely our own doing. How much do we want to hurt from it? How much do we want to make ourselves feel, relive the pain? How much do we want to blame ourselves or let ourselves get depressed or feel self-pity for it? Like the first dart, you know, that you can take that. Sometimes it shit happens. But the second, third, fourth, fifth darts, however many times you want to throw it at yourself, that's all on you. And as soon as you realize that, make sure you only take one dart.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Don't inflict your own pain yeah
1: exactly so I'm gonna move on a bit because we've been on here for a while I'm sure we've uh, (laughs) taken a lot of your time I'm I'm absolutely loving it here funny one of the next question I've got here um, self-sabotage negative self-talk did you struggle with this at all and how did you break out of it I think you've explained all that pretty bloody sufficiently in this little exercise so I'm very much looking forward to giving that a crack Um, in regards to the trading so we are kind of coming up a little bit on you know two hours so i'll try to wrap it up a little bit here um i've got a few sort of quicker answered questions that are kind of related about trading and teaching some stuff but why don't we talk a little bit about before we get into that your loss? i believe you had a pretty big loss um, and i think uh, most most traders who come from very little to quite a lot have some stories of big losses and some things and i think also, it can break people when they have these losses or they go through a hot stage and then they start to not trade well. So tell me about uh, your biggest loss and then kind of how you recuperated and how you, what your mindset was like during that time, if you don't mind.
0: <laughs> absolutely. It was it was very horrifying and traumatic. Absolutely. So uh, being, being a successful trader, I've disciplined myself so, so, so strong. That I and I never ever would veer away while I was trading, mm-hmm. never. Ever. But Christmas last year, yeah. Um.
1: So this is what seven months ago. Yeah.
0: Yep. So I was in. I was in. Decided to do some trading, and next thing you know, um, I'm you. I'm a scalper, so I'm in and out. And the doorbell rang, and I had to get up and away from my phone, and and um. Yeah, I totally forgot about my trade because it was Christmas and all these people. And by the time I went back and looked at my phone, I had lost $500,000. <laughs>
1: that's got to be the worst Christmas present ever.
0: <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. What do I do? That would have been,
1: what, like 20 minutes or something as well. Like, that's a lot. Well, I don't know how long it was, but an hour or so.
0: Yeah. It was that's a lot of money to
1: lose in an hour or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite an hour, but yeah, it was, it was pretty horrifying. So I actually kind of punished myself because mm-hmm. anyone that knows anything about trading knows that when you have a little tiny account, it really sucks to grow it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As you make a dollar or $3 or $4 or $10 or whatever. So that's what I did though in the new year. Um, I walked, I I walked away from my big account and in the new year, I turned around and opened up a $10 account.
1: Again, I didn't even know you could do that. I got to find these brokers because I think, and I'm going to just interrupt here, but I think the fact, I don't think everyone does this, you know, you've gone from 300 or $200 and built up an account slowly. I think lots of people jump in with five, 10 grand and it kind of is like, this is where I'm going. And then they blow it. And it's like devastating. Um, and then you kind of do the same because the psychology to like, I think we have this relationship with, I earn this much in a day. So I need to earn more than that from trading. So my 2% needs to be equivalent to, you know, $200, $300 so that it feels like this is going to be better for me. But I think everyone that I've spoken to so far, that's seven figures who's really gotten discipline has gone from, Two hundred and being okay with their two percent being one dollar, two dollars a day, and I think that's where the discipline is is found. I think and that that's what I might have to try to do myself to find that discipline because, you you know, you did it, it, had a big loss, and then you said to to punish yourself, you've gone back to find that discipline by doing a ten dollar account, which is insane. But go on, please tell me how how that went.
0: Yeah, and and you you know, it totally it's it's totally true because people that that I've seen. Have, go in with five and ten thousand dollars. I, I, me too. I see them; they will get it up there, and then boom, it's gone. Like I know people that have had. A five, I did that. Yeah, and they got it up to sixty thousand dollars, and boom, it's gone, because they don't have the discipline. So when you have a small account, you have to actually, and I'm being a scalper or whatever kind of trader you are, you have got to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. You have to learn. To discipline you have to watch the trade you don't walk away from the trade um I, another thing too is i don't use stop loss or take profits in my trading so
1: don't use a stop loss I to, no what
0: <laughs> so i i, I, my I totally watch my trades like okay. from start to finish and you know so my trades will be like max 15 minutes mm-hmm. for a trade right then yeah. i mean sometimes it's a lot faster than that now but um, so yeah, like this ten dollar account, I need to go back into this ten dollar account so I could, you know, have those just dis- rebuild that discipline for myself because I was uh, having a large account. You know, it's kind of like you almost get cocky, mm-hmm. right? You just uh, whatever, I'm just going to do it. And, and probably I thought, rich oh, max I-
1: lots as well, don't you? So you kind of don't yeah. have the t- much of, much a risk in it. In
0: sense. no no and I mean I said so when then when I do do a loss it's like but even the $500 loss $500,000 loss it was like I started with $200 yeah right yeah. So it's like that so then I was like with ten, two hundred, no, $200 so now I got this $500,000 loss now I lost my discipline so now I'm back into rediscipline, right mm-hmm. and not able and not using a stop loss and take profits or so things like that it's very, very, very important for me to make sure I always have strong discipline. God, so, anyway, you have since, to. Yeah, yeah. Since then, I've uh, I just actually just looked at it uh, yesterday after a call, yeah. and uh, it's over eleven thousand now.
1: Nice. So ten dollars to eleven thousand in in six months.
0: Yeah,
1: that's discipline. That's bloody discipline and intuition. So anyone who tells me that intuition doesn't work, I call bullshit because Sherry is making. It work that's incredible. But have you gone back to your big account? Are you trading with that again, or have you still left it sort of sitting there?
0: No, I now I'm trading it again. I started trading it again in uh uh February,
1: okay? So i just took a but only
0: someone. to just get a couple like a couple trades. But mm-hmm. I focus mostly on this account because I want this, I want the same discipline for this account for that account, I right? See. So I want to be able to bring that back over. I mean, gotcha. my discipline is, is there again, yeah, because. I mean, that's I mean, such a massive loss. <laughs> 10 to 11,000,
1: it must be back. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So do you mind yeah. sharing what your big account's up to now? You don't have to if you don't I, want to. It's,
0: it's multi-millions now. Nice.
1: Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. That's an awesome, must be an awesome feeling.
0: It is. It is. It's
1: I, really nice. I have this um, question in here that I think when you get to a certain point of finance, you realize that, okay, I'm financially free now. I don't know if you're up to that point yet or not you know, that's going to be different for everyone else. Where does your mind go to once you've got to the point, like, I don't have to worry about money anymore because I feel 95% of the population, their whole drive and focus is I need money to do X, Y, Z. But when you get to a point of multi-millions or maybe it's further, I don't know. I haven't been, I'm not there yet. Um, Yeah what does your mind do then? Where do you go? What what drives you? Um, I'm assuming for you, you're a very big helping person. So it's probably a big part of it. But tell us where you are now, if you're there at the financial and where your head's at if you're if you are there.
0: Yeah, so so even if I was to lose all the money that I have made, mm-hmm. like, all my accounts, I am at that point, I am financially free, nice. because I literally have learned how to take Um, something that I do not know anything about and build it into a massive empire for myself kind of thing. Nice. So for me, that is just um, away from the training. It's just able, I'm able to psychologically, my mind strong enough that if I was to lose everything, Mm -hmm. I know I can do it again.
2: Yeah.
0: So so, just that being said, with the trading part of it, yes, I'm absolutely 100% free there because if I, even if I lost all that account, I know how to do it. I can, I can get it all back. Yeah. Right. But, and
1: you, you but, proved that almost, you know, you've gone from 10 to 11,000. So, it's definitely like what that's like a thousand X growth or something. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fascinating to so, yeah. say that because I think you, you hear often of, sorry to cut you off, of millionaires and people like Grant could don't even try to, but people who built empires and they lose it. Give them a couple of years, they build it back. I think because they learn the skill set and the mindset to have that ability to, even if shit hits the fan, you've learned skills and you've learned the mindset that you can just find the determination and the grit and just get it done. And I think it's powerful to hear that you've, you know, it's more the I suppose the trust in yourself as well to to be able to to not worry because you can do it again.
0: Yeah, I think that it really boils down to that, actually, really trusting yourself because. Um, we had this conversation the other day, too, how I was saying that, um, like, personal growth, a lot of personal growth is even, even that's broken out mm-hmm. there. And there's so many different people trying to teach so many different things and leaves people hanging, right? Yeah. Where, where you know, help, helping people understand who they truly are rather than telling them who they are mm-hmm. is such a massive thing. That's where, huge. You know, it, it's it's so big when you can when you because i mean trust me i've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of personal development and um psychologically psychological programs and things like that but if you can if you can trust yourself and understand your own personal being and your mind mm-hmm. and able to take that to the next levels like i i Constable. literally have an unbreakable mind there isn't anything that
1: That's a powerful statement. That's a very powerful statement. I like that. I have an unbreakable mind. I'm going to borrow that, I think, and use it to empower myself. That hit me. I think that's very powerful.
0: Yeah. But you have to believe it. You can't just say it. And you have to make, you have to do the work to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I'm, I have done so much work and so much healing on myself that, you know, any any type of trauma or any type of uh, devastation I've ever had in my life or divorces or you know kids being kids and you know to their parents I'm right? like heading into that <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely nothing nothing I don't waver from who I am anymore where yeah. before you know somebody would say something I'm like why is that person being such an asshole and mm-hmm. right there's that judgment yeah oh. right so you're trying to understand but you're also criticizing at the same time so when you can get away from that and, and trust me I'm around a lot of people who are constantly criticizing and, and throwing so much stuff out there. And I, I call them out. Yeah. I call everybody out.
2: I love that. Right.
0: Yeah. Because, because if I don't call them out, then that means I'm settling for where they're at. That's and true allowing myself to be there. Right. And I mean, I don't call them out in a bad way. I'll just like, you know, like, well, one of the guys yesterday at the car show, he says to me, he's like, what are you doing nowadays? Sherry I said, honestly, I'm, trying to help people learn how to think again. Mm-hmm. Nice. he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> so then, so right away, I said that. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm so busy. He's like, maybe that's what I need. And I said, why? What do you got going on? And he says, well, I got the liquor store. I got my real estate. I got my Airbnbs. And I'm just like way too busy. And I don't have time for this. And I don't have time for that. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot of excuses to me. And he just <laughs> he just looked at me and he's like, no seriously I'm busy he said, you have the same 24 hours in a day that I do
3: yeah
0: right and then but but you know you, you're you very selective on, yeah of course you're calling out you're not just going to say what I just said to you. this is the same person by the way this is my mentor through learning how to trade
1: oh I see nice love it right? so you've got that relationship yeah. now
0: <laughs> yeah so right. I did call him in and he's like you know what I think I'm I'm going to sign up for your program and I'm like you know what, because of everything you've done to me, I will teach you my program. I love that. That's awesome. You know, because he was he was such an inspiration for me. And he just gave me that little push that most people don't even understand they need it.
1: That's just the universe coming full circle, isn't it? I mean, he was there pushing you to get you to where you are. Now you've got this level of success and trust and power and belief in yourself. And now you can return the favor by teaching him what you've learned along the way. So sure I think that's yeah. a beautiful sign of karma and, you know, just what goes around comes around. So I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah. And going back to my accident. Yep. You mentioned this. So the doctors told me, the surgeon told me I wouldn't walk for two years. I was, I was back on my feet in nine months.
1: Nine months. That's right. I asked you and I never got the answer. When you were you back on your feet? Nine months compared to yeah, two years. Months. I'm so glad went, you brought that back. Cause I was, I would have yeah. left going, when did you walk?
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually, yeah. Uh, I was back on my feet and taking baby steps. Yep. Within nine months. Um, by the time I was actually had the brace off and actually walking um, through physio, my physiotherapist that member we we're talking about the manipulative therapy
3: mm-hmm.
0: on our last call. So that's all he did on me was manipulative therapy. Oh wow! And what that is is energy healing. Okay. Right. Because I'm a I'm a total energy person. So um, <laughs> he tried to do the you know jump on this treadmill and do these steps and. And I just looked at him and I said, I just, I can't, it's not, it's not registering with me. Like I can't. So, so he realized right there that my brain was disconnected to my leg. Uh, Very powerful.
1: Okay. Very interesting concept. I like that.
0: It was bizarre because he made me stand in front of him. This is about, this is about a year later, like at the year, one year mark. And he made me stand in front of him. And he says to me, Sherry, he's like, take a, take a step with your left leg. Take one step towards me with your left leg. That's my bad leg. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it. I could yep. not make a step. I could walk like I could make steps because my my right leg would start first before my left leg. Yeah, but when you told to actually do it, I didn't have a disconnect was there. I couldn't do it.
2: Oh
1: wow. interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. So you could walk so, right foot first and left would kind of like follow suit because it was maybe habitual. But because consciously that's go,
0: psychological yeah that's yeah. how you that's how you know it right but i could not take that first step with the opposite leg because i oh, had wow. just. yeah i didn't i when he said that to me i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> connected my brain he's like honestly he's like he so he broke it down and he explained it so when you have this kind of trauma your brain will automatically go into survival mode and yeah. protect yeah it can automatically i said okay He's like, but I said, I understand I'm protecting my leg, but I said, how is it possible that it, it, uh, disconnected? Like, I don't know how to walk anymore. He, and he's like, because your brain is, it had such a trauma that from the accident that the, the, uh, the disconnect is there to protect you. Wow. Right. So it, yeah. So it was, it was probably, I think three sessions before yep. my brain was connecting again That's to my crazy.
1: Left That's it's really, crazy. so what did you do? Just the, the manipulation, like energy transfer and stuff like that, trying to get energy, like, I mean, I suppose energy is, yeah. I mean, we could go down a big rabbit hole with this one, but, um, you know, yeah, no, getting it's, that it's connection.
0: It's the yeah. focus, bringing the focus back to where it needed to be, right? And um, because I was in protective mode, I was like so scared of hurting my leg because- So they're going way back to what the the surgeon said. If I ever hurt my leg again, I'm going to lose my leg.
1: True. There we go. Okay. So so,
0: boom, there's the wall I just put up to protect my leg. So I'm not even going to allow. Instructive thought 101. (laughs) Put in by
1: the doctor. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Right. There's that program thinking that we don't even realize happens to us. So yeah, I went all the way back and I'm like, what is like, where did this come from? Like, course like i'm so positive i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk i'm gonna Mm. walk but i can't connect and so um it was really really wild because we would sit there and he would do his manipulative therapy and what what it is is he just takes his hands and he puts it on my leg my injury Mm -hmm. and he closed his eyes and he would just draw all the energy to my leg. And it was so crazy because I was—I could see my toes were wiggling, and I'm like, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> wow! Right? Is that a bit like? Mikey? Yeah, I think it's similar to—is it similar
0: to? Reiki, yeah, but okay. this is actually like way more in depth.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: And yeah, like so, I was like, what do you, what do you even call that? Is it? Like, can you teach me that?
1: <laughs> Magic. <laughs> yeah. Superpowers. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so yeah, it's called manipulative therapy, and there's actually a university course that you can take for it. And wow. so, anyway, of course, now I really want to learn this because he's healing <laughs> my leg. He's connecting me, you know, and and he gave me some just some um, exercises to do at home, mind exercise to reconnect and and how to understand the energy mm-hmm. because I could do it with everything else. And this is again goes back to the power of the mind because when you have a trauma, your brain will disconnect from that area. Yeah. So, but you but your power of the mind doesn't know that. Right? Because that's okay. a different part. That's your subconscious going, no, we're gonna keep that out because that she needs to keep that safe. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to when you wait, so so mm, let's see, what can I say? Today you t- say today you had your incident with a fight with your fire in your kitchen there. If you would have burnt yourself, you would automatically had a disconnect right there because you burnt yeah. yourself. So if you could actually, instead of letting yourself disconnect, you actually focus on that burn or injury, whatever. And you, okay, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And you use you, your energy goes to that. Okay. Then You know, because we automatically have a disconnect whenever we wow. have a injury
1: My wife had an experience like that where she had an injury and she kind of just like, she couldn't figure out what to do or how to do it. And I think she went to a physio, but it wasn't bad enough to get like surgery or anything like that. And she had this moment where she, she still can't put a finger on it where she kind of went into this meditation and she just focused on it so intently. And then she was like, I don't, no one believes me. I don't know how, but it was just like healed within the next day or two and I can't understand it. And I don't, I can't reenact it, but it's, exactly probably this that she probably had that brain disconnect from or tr- from the trauma of the incident or what, whatever it was and she managed to make that reconnection wow there you go she might have an answer to, to this mysterious healing guess, of hers.
0: yeah and when I went back to my surgeon um when I started walking like it was about a, about a year just over a year and mm-hmm. I, I walked into his office
2: <laughs> so cool went, so you like, that was a good feeling
0: yeah just get down sorry my dog's barking there um, okay. yeah so um I walked into his office and he just looked at me he's like how is it even possible you're walking like wow. as good as you are like he's like I get it I get it good for you like, like I didn't expect you to even be like off crutches yet
1: that's so, that must I, be such a good feeling
0: it was I was like <laughs> <laughs> skip yeah, on was, out
1: of there like that's me
0: yeah. <laughs> told you I would yeah so so it's so that yeah. So then when I was walking, I was, you know, doing the healing and feel and uh, all the energy stuff with with the doctor, because I was now connecting my mind to his mind and to the energy of like putting all the energy into my leg. It just helped us heal that much faster. Yeah. And uh, so at my two year mark, when I went for my two year checkup, mm-hmm. when the doctor said I would finally be walking, <laughs> he said, like, well, I don't need to see you anymore. Then I had another disconnect. OK, right. Because yep. now I have to disconnect of, oh no, now I'm really on my own. Yeah. What if something happens? Right. So it was another disconnect, and I had to rethink that and I had to bring myself, okay, I got this. Like, why am I? But that's a natural, that's what we naturally do to protect ourselves. So fascinating. We always, yeah, we always look for outside people to help us and to to for that little tiny bit of security that we need. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, traditional thinking.
1: Yeah. I mean, that comes down to like the primal instincts of, you know, when we're primates, and if you get marginalized on your own, you're probably going to die, I guess as well. So there's probably that natural belief system built into us from a long time ago. But that's blows my mind. And I find that so fascinating. Thanks for sharing. I think I've taken so much away from this call. My book is absolutely full. You've got so much information to provide. Um, We've been here for two hours and I could honestly keep talking for even longer, but I'm going to fire some of these quick questions at you, just kind of shorter answers, mainly based around trading. And then I've got two questions um, that I finish every kind of interview with. So we'll hit with them and then we'll probably wrap it up there. But just moving into these. So what was the hardest thing for you to overcome as a trader? I mean, I know you've had some big things personal, but as a trader.
0: Mm, I would say as a trader for me to overcome, I was just not giving up
1: not giving up yeah it's yeah. i think that's and a it's, big one for so many people quit
0: yeah it was so hard and it was it was literally a different language to me mm-hmm. and you know my mind being as weak as it was i didn't want to i didn't want to learn something new i didn't i didn't feel i had the mental capacity to learn but um the, i had the determination and the persistence
1: Love it. Okay. What was one thing you wish you were told or knew when you first started trading?
0: How hard it was really going to be.
1: <laughs> I have this as well because I got brought in through the <laughs> falsified dream of like you'll be a millionaire in three months. Right. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I, like it, it can be easy, I think, if you've got the right mindset to make it for yourself. But I think a lot of people get lulled into a false insecurity coming in and they think it's going to be super easy. And I kind of wish a part of me was told, a bit more of the reality of what I'd have to do going into this. I mean, I'm definitely on my path now. There's no way I'm, I'm quitting now. I've, I've gotten past that stage. But there were many times where I was almost about to quit. And I think probably from the same thing. If I had known that, maybe I would have um, been more prepared. But also, maybe I wouldn't have started if I had have known how hard. So who knows, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. Got to see the silver lining, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What is one message or lesson you wish you could just implant into those learning to trade? Into the I'm mind so of those? Trust yourself. Yeah. Trust I thought I thought that might be it. Trust yourself and follow your intuition, right?
0: <laughs> just, you know, like the, the trusting yourself and following the process. Those are yeah. two things.
1: Trusting yourself are, and what following the process.
0: Yeah. Those are two things because, because it seems like more and more people and, um, you know, they're, they're doing this, this and this and this, and they're just jumping all over. And you said you've done it yourself as well. Yep you got to find something that works with you and then follow that process. Yeah. Don't jump from, you know, like, like most of us only do like one or two currencies and that's mm-hmm. it. Right. Anybody, most of us that are really successful only do one or two. yeah, Because we're still learning too. Right. So I strongly say, tell people, pick a currency, pick, you know, one or two, learn it. And that's it. Don't jump from this strategy to that strategy. This, tra- you know what I mean? Like just follow yeah. your yeah
1: just stick to it and just learn it so your intuition knows what it's doing yeah I love it okay um we've already got a time frame of your growth which was extremely quick um how long so you said you opened a live account after three months but how long do you think it took to really click and start making sense to you and start growing or was it kind of when you opened the live account you were it clicked and you were going
0: good gosh no um (laughs) when I opened my live account I only opened my live account because I didn't want to play around with the demo account Okay. I want to. Um, I felt. I felt that the the demo account was more of a. Um, if I didn't understand it over here, then I I would jump back to my demo. And to this day, I still have a demo account.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very important. Um, but I think it was. Oh, there we go. I think it was probably. Um, I would say at least another six months before I actually got it.
1: Oh really. Did you have growth during while you were trying to like get it, or was it like?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, I jumped stagnant
1: and then I clicked and grew.
0: No, it was uh, when I was when I jumped in that HFX bootcamp. Yep. The beginning when they still had HFX, that's when I really because they were they were talking um, my language more so. Okay. During the bootcamp, during those calls, so it was making more sense to me. So when I was looking at my phone, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that's what I'm seeing. That's mm-hmm. what you know, it sort of makes sense. Because like like I said, I couldn't jump in and actually really pay attention to the educators during the day. Yeah. So I did the nighttime call with on the boot camp, and that's when everything started to make sense. So it was about halfway through that boot camp. So yeah, yeah, it was probably and there was an eight week boot camp, so it was probably probably six months once after after yeah after six months is when I really started to make sense and. Yes it was all the pieces were starting to come together wow
1: so yeah definitely had some quick growth then if it still took you so it, it, yeah. three months in demo then six months sort of trading live and then well, really six months of real yeah so,
0: so, so six months from the time i opened my 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 live account okay when gotcha. I, that's when it really took off right because uh-huh. i that's, right after that was with a boot camp right soon mm-hmm. i opened the boot camp and then it was the eight weeks of of growth and understanding and then it was like boom it just by by six months it was already I think I was already at six figures
1: wow so just going back a bit what, what's your risk like what, what's your, do you have like a risk percentage per trade or something like that do you have risk management or you just go I'm going to hit the button at this random amount whatever my intuition tells me
0: yeah that's so,
3: terrifying so
0: <laughs> it is very terrifying um I have my my trade set all the same all the time and if i have any type of uncertainty i may lower it mm-hmm. but for the most part i don't i just leave it
1: but you must increase that as your account grows correct or are you just from the start you've just been trading like the same amount
0: of lots no 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 it's it's a lot bigger now than what yeah. it used to be for sure but um i still don't i still don't like to go any because as soon as you take that big leap to something massive mm-hmm. then you get, it, that's where the cockiness comes and that's where the uncertainty comes and, and the what ifs. And so I'm not quite there yet. I'm still taking my baby steps onto the bigger, you know, okay. bigger lot sizes, mm-hmm. but uh, I do have quite large lot sizes. I just, and I feel, I feel I'm quite comfortable where I'm at. I don't think I need to go any more than what i
1: am <laughs> With your growth. I don't think you do either. I think if you're comfortable, that's the sweet spot because it's working. <laughs> All right. Um, One of the biggest life lessons you have, what is, what is one of the biggest life lessons you've got from learning to trade? I mean, you've got a lot of life lessons from life, but what have you taken away from trading?
0: Anything is possible. Okay, and nice. Just, absolutely anything is possible. Like, you know, from my accident to going to, from nothing, I know absolutely nothing about trading, markets, stocks, nothing. Mm -hmm. to being that, and you know i still don't know a lot about trading like i can i could jump on some of the other educators calls and i'm like i don't know what to talk about
1: (laughs) you don't know a lot you just know the right things you know what you need to know and that's the key that's so powerful i think that's so cool (laughs) it's still terrifying i don't get it but i i hopefully will once i start (laughs) digging into my intuition um and then uh, this last one is basically once you reach that financial freedom bit which we talk, spoke about before so my final two questions which I ask everyone um what would be one thing that you would go back to tell your 17 year old self but maybe in this case we can say 11 year old self if you could go back and tell yourself something now
0: hmm. Hmm. It's never give up
1: never give up I yeah. feel like you'd, you'd never gave up anyway you've come through so much I feel like you maybe already oh. had that in your subconscious
0: Okay. No, it's really never give up and believe in yourself. Those are my two like two key things that I tell everybody. I can't yeah. I can't express how important it is to truly believe in yourself, and because we're so, um, again programmed to believe that we're something different than who we truly are.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
0: that's yeah
1: I think I like the way you say truly believe in yourself as well because I think a lot of people say they believe in their self and like consciously do maybe they like tell themselves that they believe in themselves but I think it's a different level when you truly believe it like from your internal like from your subconscious from your core from your heart from soul whatever you want to call it when you believe at that level it's just a whole different ballgame. And I think your mind is in a different place. Your attitude toward things are in a different place. There's no second guessing. It's just there's no hesitation either. And I, I like the way you say truly believe in yourself because I think this is a bit of a, I don't want to say sugar-coated concept because like you do hear believe in yourself a lot and people go, okay, yes, I believe in myself. And then if they're being honest with themselves, it's like, uh, I'm just kind of saying that out loud. I don't actually believe I can do it. And I think therein lies the real real key to to, to success. In my book,
0: absolutely, hundred percent. Because you know, um, when you when you truly believe in yourself, it's literally an unwavering belief.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't. You can't. You can't just. You know, you can't just be positive. A lot of people think that oh, if you're positive, then you believe. If you're always putting good out there, you believe. But if it's, when you truly believe, it really and truly means that you cannot be persuaded you cannot be uh, manipulated you cannot be you know somebody somebody calls your name somebody says something to you or says you're not good enough or you'll never amount to anything you, you believe you know better you yeah. you, you let this stuff roll off your shoulders back? It yeah it's not even something that is is possible for your mind to absorb
1: and i think that's been a point for me when I can sort of gauge if I truly believe in it. Because if someone gives me flack or someone, you know, throws a comment at me and I feel defensive, then I clearly don't believe it. Because if I did, I'd be like, whatever, say whatever the fuck you want, I don't care. I believe it. So it doesn't make matter. What you say means zero to me. But if I find myself defending myself or trying to like prove to them why, then I think when I do that, I tr- I don't truly believe. I think I'm still consciously believing and needing to, I think I explain it to them to explain it to myself deep down and so whenever someone gives me a comment and this is one thing you know what do you do with the haters and and all that sort of stuff i think if you're feeling offended by it or you're you know you're getting hurt by it like yes things can hurt but maybe check your own belief in it because if if you truly believed it it wouldn't mean shit to you what they say but when you don't believe it and you feel like you're trying to find that belief then you can get offended by it and maybe like oh maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm not and that's where the self-doubt comes in so it's I, lo- I like the way you say truly believe and that's why it hit me and I wanted to bring it up but I think just even speaking to you in this conversation that when that hits you of like I'm offended by this I need to defend myself then you probably don't have that true belief <laughs> would you agree with that maybe
0: yeah I do agree with that because um, a lot of times when somebody will try to um, hit me or knock me down or whatever and it of course it still happens mm-hmm. um, I'll literally just say thank you yeah I think right? powerful. Because, because it doesn't matter what they say, right? That's their own judgment. They mm-hmm. don't know me, right? So, so if somebody's going to say something, it's it's obviously their belief because they're uh, they're unknowingly belief, I guess we could say. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, they really don't know. For somebody to say something about you when you are you are very confident and, and you're very, you know, I'm the same person now. That I was 30 years ago. And I've had people tell me that, where um the person that I am with helping and doing and and my confidence is still like it was 30 years ago. The only difference for now is I actually understand why I'm this way. Okay. And how I managed to be this way.
1: Do you think you're right? actually the same person? Or do you think there's still the very core aspects of you that have just grown over time so much that you you can't see the difference because inside you are the exact same person, but all these other lessons are built on top. And so maybe you yeah. don't realize, like maybe if you were to teleport back to you 30 years ago, you'd be like, holy shit, I'm still in there, but I'm a completely different person. Do you think, or is that completely wrong? I, I don't know. No,
0: like, so, so I'm, and the reason I said that about being the same person that was 30 years ago, mm-hmm. is I had somebody actually come to me and say, Sherry, you're the same person that you were, I remember you, it was 30 years ago. That's kind right? of we were, cool. We were talking on a level of, um mindset but I, again 30 years ago I was still learning I had no idea like the power of the mind or you know what I mean I was just always because of the the challenges that I've had and the traumas that I've had in my life I've always you know I've been like 40 years I've been learning yeah and trying to try to become um like basically figure out why how I went how I managed to go through this stuff how I ended up in the situations as a child and how I ended up with the bikers, how i you know, like just different stages. So yes, I am the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm totally the same person when it comes to uh, my dedication to other people, my kindness and um, always being there for people. I love that. That's some good traits. (laughs) Yeah. And I've always been somebody who says it how it is. You know, I don't, nice. I don't waver from things like that. And I don't also, I will always, and I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings, but that's on you, not me. Yeah. Right. It's so, so
1: true though. If you say something that offends someone, it's probably because it it's struck a chord with them and it's a truth or a belief that they're kind of hurting on the inside. I mean, I guess if you say it with malice or with, you know, negative intent, that's a different story. But if you're saying something just honest and and truthful to try and help, I think when people get offended by that it's as, as you say that's on you because it is it only hurts because it's it's true like we said before if you didn't believe it and it wasn't true then it wouldn't matter you the comment that I made
2: so. that's right
0: so yeah so <laughs> so me being that person yes absolutely I'm still that person now I just understand all the brain stuff and the the mm-hmm. psycholo- psychology behind it and the strength that I've had to like all the different steps that I've had to take to get to where I'm at today, I understand it all through the mind now and the body and how the energies work. Because back then I knew nothing about energy. I knew nothing about the power of the mind. I knew nothing about any of that. I was, I was completely in survival mode. Yeah. Right. So now up to this point in my life, I understand every single level of where where I was, how I how I came from where I was to where I am today. And how I have the ability now to, with my experiences and my training and my knowledge and and everything that has been thrown at me in life, and of, of course, all the personal development, I'm able to take all of that and put it into this big package. Mm-hmm. And not not just because I've taken courses to teach people, but because I have all the past personal experience. Lived it knowledges and setbacks and traumas and you know what I mean so now I get to be able to have the honor to help people do the same
1: yeah I I often find that those who are the strongest have been through the deep deepest hells those who are the kindest and able to help have been only able to do that because they've helped themselves through trauma and tragic and some of those who will you know give their shirt off their back is because they've been without a shirt for long enough And then you find the opposite where people are rude or obnoxious and they, you know, they might have money, but they don't want to share. It's because they haven't been through that. And I think I love the fact that you're now going to go teach all this because you've got the stories, you've got, you know, you've got the groundwork, you've you've had your feet in the dirt, you've you've been through the, the things and come out the other side, absolutely fierce and crushing it. And so that is what's going to help people because you can empathize with them and you can sympathize and you can understand where they are at and tell them the journey of your process and growth. That's relatable to them um and so i think that's a very powerful teaching tool so i'm excited to see what your course is going to come up with and before i let you hit us with all the information on where we can get that i'm going to throw this last question at you if you could have the answer to any question in the world the whole complete truth about any question what would that question be
0: oh boy (laughs)
1: yeah i like it because it stumps most people (laughs)
0: um well, you know, the biggest thing that I would like to know is why do they feel it's an and it was a necessity to program us and 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 um put us into the place of um control, them into a place of control to hurt people the way they have. You know, yeah. you know, people people look at it as, it's a God thing, God did this. No, like when you look at the people that are in order of the the control and who have put all the traditional thinking and the programming in, into place of all the people in the world I want to, I would love to know why
1: yeah that's a fascinating um concept to even try to get to the bottom of I mean it's like that saying no I'm not a big gun advocate or anything like that but you know guns don't hurt people people hurt people you know Absolutely. and that's they, they people think that the government's there to protect and it's the same and I, I'm not going to go into political aspects of government leadership and all that sort of stuff but you know people hurt people and systems are in places and programs in places and teachings are in places and there's rules about money and finance and the way the world works based around money and greed and fear and all that for a reason you know for sure and again this is something that could go on forever so I'm not going to delve into that but I have had the best time with you Sherry honestly this time has flown by I can't believe we've been here for almost two and a half hours I have learned so much I've got about three pages of notes here, which I'm going to go digest. I've got a little project for myself to do tomorrow. I've learned so much from you. And honestly, you've had some of these comments which have hit some light bulbs in my life at the moment. And just, I think this conversation for me has come at the right time. I don't know how you feel about Uh this, but I'm always learning things. And then every now and again, you just get this bit of information that just joins dots. And I've had about three of them during this conversation. So I'm really grateful for you giving me your time awesome. and for being open enough to have the flow of discussion like we've had. I haven't even looked at my questions like once I had to look at the time and be like, wait, have I asked the questions I wanted? Because the <laughs> conversation has been very flowing. But I think it's we can wrap it up here. But I would love you to you know share with the listeners, tell us where they can find you. I know you've got courses coming up. I'm not sure where they're at in terms of being ready yet. But that's a bit of promotion where can we get hold of you where can we contact you what from what courses have you got coming up that people can get get on
0: um oh yeah for sure so i'm i'm just in the process of putting these programs together and building funnels and everything like that so um and my website uh my website will be sherrybandman.com okay and um so that um really right now i'm just my my facebook page is to sherry lock i have two of them and Mm -hmm. That's where anybody wants to join in the programs or even just uh, send me a message and find out what the programs entail. That's where the majority of the information will be until I get everything up and running. My um, my next um, I'm not sure, three to five day challenge that I'm doing is gonna be July third. Uh, July third. I'm super, super excited about it. I did I did a half day uh hot seat. And I ended up having like 257 people on it. So I wasn't going to do another event till next month or the end of next month. But I've had all these people reaching out, wanting more information and to jump into some courses. I do have four week courses. Mm -hmm. I do eight week courses. And um, I really just want people to be able to be confident in themselves and understand the power of their own thinking and how easy it is to change their life.
1: That's a powerful message. Again, I, I love that. I think I'm going to try and jump onto this challenge July 3rd. So I will aim to be there. Um, anyone listening, I highly recommend jumping on and, and joining as well. Um, and also giving the challenge a go, the, the little notebook for for um your uh competing thoughts. That's not the word, constricting thoughts. Sorry. A moment blank. Constricting thoughts. So definitely jump on that. I will chuck your. Web page information into the description here. If it's not ready just yet, once it is, we can get it in. And maybe while the time people are listening to this, it's accessible and up and running so that people can jump onto that because you clearly got a lot to share and a lot of knowledge and you've been through a lot. So I'm thinking you're going to be able to help a lot of people.
0: I'm excited.
1: Jerry. it's been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you one more time. Um, Yeah, it's been a real, real great time for me getting to meet you. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank Looking you. forward to uh, meeting up again and talking some more about your stuff you have going on too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's all in the process and I'll be launching that uh, in the coming months you know, mindset yeah. course and all the stuff. So yeah, we can keep in touch and you know, maybe at the end of the year when I'm a millionaire, we can jump on again.
0: <laughs> yes, and you will be a millionaire. Absolutely. So-